0: Hey, Podcast America, welcome to episode 17 of the Enlightened Neanderthals podcast. And before we get into the show notes, let's talk about Allegiance Holsters, which you can find at allegianceholsters.com. And they are a North Carolina-based, small family-owned business. They can make all of your range holsters, your inside-the-waistband concealed carry holsters. And most importantly of all, they have pre-packaged IFACs, Individual First Aid Kits, And if you've listened to our show before, you know I say that you should have one in the glove box of your car. You should have one in your backpack. You should have one in your kitchen drawer. Get a couple of these from their website and just kind of have them scattered around everywhere you go because you never know when you're going to witness a car accident. Because, Mike, you witnessed one today, didn't you? Yeah, I watched a guy crash into a chicken sign (laughs) in front of a co-op.
1: It was amazing. Yeah,
0: and honestly, I've probably witnessed half a dozen car wrecks in my life. Thank God none of them have been, like... Uh, Involving you know. Chicken Co-ops. <laughs> <laughs> no chicken co-ops were injured in any of those accidents. But you never know when you're gonna see somebody get hurt, and just to have that first aid kit on you at all times is it's kinda it's 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 something that's real easy to do, doesn't weigh much, doesn't take up much space. So allegianceholsters.com and use code TNW ten when you check out. And this episode we had our friend from the gym, Christy Campbell. She's a entrepreneur, she's a jujitsu person. And uh, Mike, <laughs> what did we talk about? <laughs> I always ask you, this is how the intro goes. Uh, We had our friend Christy on, and
1: she is multifaceted. She has multiple businesses. She's motivational. She's conquering fear. She's mastering firearms. She's a jiu-jitsu practitioner working on achieving a higher level of not only jujitsu but
0: being a good person. It was a fun episode. Yep. Enjoy it, you guys. We have a special guest in, we call this in-studio. We're we're on yeah. the mats. We're on we're the mat studio. studio. We've got Christy Campbell with us here today. She's another uh, friend from our little our little tribe of jujitsu people here at Electric North, and she is the owner of Fit Me Nutrition. And what do you call the second business?
2: Uh coaching biz manager.
0: Okay, and actually, that one I don't know anything about. Do you want to explain a little bit about that one right off, right off the bat here? Actually, hang on, hang on, because <laughs>
3: wait, wait, hang <laughs> on. Hang Tell on me about a minute. yourself. Be quiet. A <laughs>
0: I was just going to say let's let's back up because I feel like I've heard this story because you've been on Greg's podcast, you've been on yeah. Tyler's podcast, but just in case we don't have complete cross pollination, where are you from? Where'd you grow up?
2: Uh, I grew up in Salisbury, Maryland, so like right below Delaware. Is where I grew up. In like a really small place by the beach.
1: Crab cakes. Crab yeah, cakes. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Follow
2: up. 100%. Crab
1: white crab clam cakes. chowder or red clam chowder? White,
2: white, but red Maryland crab soup. Oh, Different yeah, yeah, yeah. I've
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. never okay. even heard
2: of that. Different crab thing. Soup. Yeah, it's like a tomato-based soup. Huh. And it's called like Maryland crab soup. It's full of crab, a little bit is of Is it vegetables. like their
1: version of the chiapino?
2: I've never had chiapino. Oh.
4: You know, in uh, Edmonds, they have a uh, clam chowder like competition. Oh god damn it, it is phenomenal. Really? That is sounds that? good. When is that? Yeah. I, I honestly I don't remember when the date is or if they're gonna uh-huh. have it again, but I've gone down there for one and it was Dino the best. Mike. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, check it out. Uh, so back we're back to Christy. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Clam-chowder> <laughs> <topic>. <laughs> yeah.
4: You see the rabbit <laughs> is, holes we yeah. go down. Zing, zing Yeah.
0: Well. No, yeah. it's fine. That's good. Uh, were you a navy <laughs> were you in the Navy family? How'd you end up in Maryland?
2: Um uh, actually my dad was in the army. Oh. So I think we were in like Fort Meade for a little bit. Oh, um, my was, parents was split he up. At NSA? No, no, I don't. He wasn't in NSA. I don't know what he did, to be honest, in the army. Because he got he got out when I was young, okay. and then my parents split up when I was like early teens. Um, but we ended up in Maryland, and so my my dad's family's from Delaware, so that's probably why.
0: Okay, and how would you end up in Snohomish County, Washington?
2: Snohomish County, Washington. So my ex is stationed here.
0: In the Navy. In the Navy. That's why I think of the Navy with you.
2: Yep. And so okay. I've lived here twice. So we lived here like nine and a half years ago. I was here about 18 months and then moved back to Maryland, which is where we were stationed then, lived there for three years, and then came back here. And we came back here mostly because I loved it here and I wanted to come back.
3: Okay.
1: Are there things you miss about the East Coast? Because my f- dad's side of the family is from Pennsylvania, Delaware, places like that. And just yeah. things like food, like getting pizza by the slice everywhere you go is amazing. pierogies, peroshkis, holipkis, different t- type of like Russian, Ukrainian, ethi- just all these Baba different. Bapakadosh. Bapakadosh. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean the, f- I don't, I, I think I miss the seafood, maybe. Yeah. My sister and brother still live on the East Coast, so I'm, and my dad's still over there, so I miss them. Yeah. But I like it out here. I like the, I like the outdoors, I like the mountains, I like the rivers, I like the lakes, all of it.
1: Do you find the people different as well? People are very different. Like East Coasters are more abrasive, I feel. They are. Yeah? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. It's just different. It's just very different here. Maybe
1: not abrasive, but direct, Mm -hmm. I would say. And, like, people out here are like, hey, man, let's relax, (laughs) man.
4: Passive-aggressive. Yeah. I I don't know. My experience has been, I'll take direct any day. (laughs) Like, I I appreciate that. But, like, this hard exterior, but then, like, really soft core.
2: Yeah. I feel like people are people. And it's just, like, the flavor of, like, what they project on the outside that's probably different.
1: Have you been to Florida? Because those aren't real people. I did. I lived in Florida. (laughs) Jacksonville. That's where I
2: lived. That place is (laughs) crazy. People eat boiled peanuts in Jacksonville, Florida. It's <laughs> yep, yep. Hot place. boiled peanuts. Oh, what? Yep. oh, my gosh. So really? when I was getting out of the Navy, I started bartending. And it's like shit little rest, like a, a bar that, you know, it was just <laughs> a place to bartend. <laughs> yeah. And people would bring boiled peanuts and put them what on the, f- the bar and just pick <laughs> them apart and eat them. And they would get all over their teeth and all over the thing. They have different flavors of boiled Are peanuts. They soft? Soft. Yeah.
3: And oh, they the sell
2: them in the side of the road in like brown bags. Bad. I mean, they taste like peanut butter a little bit. Yeah. You know.
1: And they yeah. season them and stuff well, sometimes with different flavors. I'd have
4: Mills. to check that out. <laughs> you're selling me on Jacksonville. That's what you're doing. If you're Jordan dry, wakes up so.
1: Chandra tonight. Hey, wake up. We're <laughs> boiling peanuts.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you
4: go. Get your party hat on. Yeah. That yeah. and fan boats. Right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Oh.
2: Yeah, Jacksonville's a weird place. So I, my sister yeah. and I bartended there together. And this was like a really short season <laughs> of my life. And one night she's like, I'm going out. And I'm like, where are you going? You know, and we were probably like in our early 20s. And some guys took her out to like kill alligators in the middle of the night with some sort of some sort of tube uh, that you uh, spike the alligator with oh, and yeah, it's like kill kill a gaff
1: stick. yeah a kill
2: stick or something i don't yeah. know so she went out on this like little boat in the darkness to like kill alligator i was like what is happening here <sighs>
3: yeah
1: I mean, well, that's I thought, street cred. Your sister's a badass. Yeah, that's rad. I don't
2: know. That sounds, that <laughs> sounds like know. a good time.
1: Is she, she older or younger? She is
2: a badass, but that was a that was a strange thing to do, like, for anybody, just to be like, let me yeah. randomly go with these guys out in the middle of the
4: night and that's kill alligators. Out in some boat with two guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. I did not think that story was going right. to end up right. killing an alligator, you know? Yeah. Aider, you want to go kill an alligator? Yeah, maybe an, an anaconda. Yeah. But.
2: Yeah, no, she's great. She's four years younger. That's a badass younger sister. Yeah, she is Hey, what badass. are you doing tonight after
4: you get off ship? <laughs> well, I'm going to go eradicate some natural predators
3: <laughs> in the Everglades. I mean, yeah. sounds
2: good. I know. That's um, wild. wild. Oh. Yep. Did you
4: ever do anything like that?
2: Um, Any
4: hunting or anything like that?
2: No, I, I'm not. A, I, I'm totally for hunting. I'm just a, I'm not a, like a killer at heart. I've never done oh. it. I'm not against it. I, I'm all for it. I've just never done it.
1: What about fishing?
2: I, 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 I used to fish a lot as a little, as a kid, with like yeah. bluegills and stupid stuff, not yeah. like big fishing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's so fun, My brother and I would fish though. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but now that you say it, you yeah, have never been hunting. Hmm. I think it would be a good experience for me. I would like to have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Something that you would eat, you know. Everybody yeah, yeah. needs to stab an alligator yeah. in the head. With the, <laughs> with the Twenty-two. Like, yes. Your sister stabbed an alligator. What hunting have you done? Yeah. <laughs> How about yourself?
4: Yeah, I mean, a good intro was like bird hunting mm. with a shotgun, you know. Birds don't have that, you know, Feelings. fluffy feeling, <laughs> you know. The, of right. Like, oh, it's, you know, unless you have a pet bird. Sorry, guys. Um, I tried to save
2: a baby bird like two weeks ago. Oh. I know. So How did it, it work was, out? I didn't. I, d- I gave up because I knew what was going to happen. Jordan'll so shoot many in a month. Times before. Yeah. <laughs> I I know.
4: I got a bird launcher, and just I'm not for him. like um. I'm not like a
2: peta like Amer like like no no animals can die. I just when I see an animal, I want to try to like save that animal. Oh yeah. That's Do you
0: feel up. like it would be cruel and unusual punishment to <sighs> raise chickens just to put them in an air cannon and fire
4: them out through your dog?
2: <laughs> it wouldn't be for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me neither.
4: Uh, well, I don't think that. Uh, You know I I am on a sliding scale of that and it Mm -hmm. just it goes from day to day because there's times where I'll save a spider and take it outside and there's other days where I'm just stomping on it and looking for a you know kill a dog.
2: It's kinda like a flip a coin, like a what's that what's that movie? No country (laughs) or the book, No Country World. Yeah, yeah,
4: exactly. That's what I kinda feel like walking around. Spider's day is yeah, just with a ram set gun and just ready to go. <laughs> yeah.
3: It
1: is weird, like...
4: I had a cat named Burlap, so... that.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. It is weird how you came... I mean, like, I love my animals. I have dogs. I have horses. We have all this mm-hmm. stuff. I have cats. I love cuddling in bed and petting my cat with my dog on my lap, you know? But it's, like, still at the same time, it's like... Hey uh,
0: are you, when, <laughs> in this scenario, are you, what are you wearing?
1: my pink boa only (laughs) watching golden girls and petting my dog and my cat. But it's like, uh, at the same time though, as much love as you have for animals, it's like, you think about this being like a meat eater and stuff like that too. It's like, I have no problem going to Tony Roma's and killing a half rack of ribs, but it's like, I can still go to a friend's house that has cows and be like, dude, this is a cool animal. Let's pet it. Let's Mm -hmm. feed it. Let's be nice.
4: Yeah. That's that sliding scale I'm talking about. Because, like, sometimes I just, it's like, I want to kill and eat that thing. And then other times, like, I mean, like you said, you go to Buffalo Wild Wings and put down two dozen wings, and it's like, that was 12 birds and just (laughs) came. Just their (laughs) legs. Just their legs. The rest of it's in that (laughs) air cannon. (laughs) Getting shot out. But yeah i don't know
2: yeah i mean uh, to me it's just i wouldn't be able to be like friends with these animals you know like i don't Uh. think i would be like if i had a farm for example i would make sure there's a lot of distance between me (laughs) no petting zoo you and t-bone right i yeah i mean we get our i get a cow from like a local farm every six months or so like that kind of i mean like cow uh we get a half cow
4: how how does that work like what's your what's the process for that you just Go and order it.
0: Or? Yeah, so
2: basically, there's, I mean, there's a couple different farms that'll do it around here, but you, you usually tell them pretty far in advance that I you want. It's, like, it's
0: usually like nine months. It's as the calf is born. You're basically buying the calf when it's born. And
2: mm-hmm. what they tell you is they'll like, they're like, we're gonna be in touch sometime this year. Or later when we harvest the animal, mm-hmm. and but then they're not
4: sending you like picture updates or anything. No,
2: <laughs> 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 this, is
4: new, new.
3: this
2: is Moomoo. This is Moomoo. Potty training. Adopt a Moomoo <laughs> and like it's on your fridge or something. No, so then they just tell you, and you really don't get a lot of notice. They'll usually have you put down a deposit like 150 bucks or something like that, awesome. and then they'll tell you, "Hey, we're harvesting the animal next week. Like the the butcher's going to call." And so what they'll do is they, I don't know what process they do to, to harvest the animal, but then they send it to the butcher, and then you talk to the butcher about how you want the cuts done. Oh. And then you just go, and usually you just pay the butcher, and they'll pay the farm.
4: Oh, there did you go. Did you get to pick, uh,
1: like, how it was finished or what it was fed? Because we've done it a couple times, and we got those options. And We I didn't get
2: it, to pick that piece, but it was, like, primarily grass-fed. Yeah, yeah. I, Do they I corn believe finish? it was grain finished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, f- I love fat in it. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, not yeah. mad. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we did a pig too. That was great. Yeah, nice. Yeah, totally great. Yeah. That's the big difference. One. Yes. If there's one that you want to night and day taste the difference between you know store bought versus like coming from a farm, it's pig. Really? Okay. Night and day. Is
4: it? Is it better?
2: A thousand times better. Really? Yeah. It's expensive. I think. What I mean, what's
4: what's the cost of something like that? I can't
2: that? remember to be honest. I'd have to look but I just remember thinking to myself, man, that was way more than I thought it was gonna be.
4: But yeah. worth it in taste. Oh and quality.
2: worth it. Like yeah. you're getting pork steaks Big. and you're gonna eat it like it's a regular steak. You're oh really? Like, oh, yeah. Shit. This is a situation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's and the bacon's I, like
0: I like I already like pork chops. Pork, pork chops, chops are to great, begin with, so Yeah. Yeah,
4: if, if we're taking it up a notch
2: then, Oh, they're awesome. Yeah. I
4: mean I'd like to find out after Find out what. Yeah, farm I'll get you. I'll get you the farm. I go. Anyway. I was just gonna say. Yeah. I split a hog with you. I <laughs> will split a hog with you, brother. <laughs> and we're yeah. not talking about at the bar.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally worth it though. Okay.
4: That would be fun to do a. a a pig. <laughs> I was going to say pig roast, but <laughs> <laughs> like I can't. Pig roast would be amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Be I've fun. always wanted. Bury to... it. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. We've fire dance before we uncover it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, heck yeah. We did that before for a friend's birthday, and it ter- it turns into a good party because you got to get together the night before to dig the pit and light the fire and put the pig in there. It's
1: a twenty four hour yeah. event. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's,
4: it's a two night. It's a two night party. That sounds huh. great to me. Yeah. That and um. I'd like to do a crawfish boil.
2: Oh, that's like, what, Jacksonville? Yeah. yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe I got some so.
4: Jacksonville in my blood. Or I something. think you would thrive in
1: Florida, I was Jordan. A, I <laughs> this Jordan is Jordan Florida, Florida man. man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: compliment? Yeah. Yeah. Big compliment, dude. Yeah. No. You'll do well. Oh, <laughs> You'd yeah. be well. the king.
0: Yeah. Oh. All right, so you moved back here. Yep. And did you start Fit Me Nutrition here, or did you start it on the East Coast?
2: So I, before I moved here the first time, so nine and a half years ago, I think. So the year before that um, was sort of my year of like creating a healthy lifestyle. Before that, it wasn't that I was a total disaster, but sort of a series of life events had led me to that place of being like 40 or 50 pounds overweight, not working out, like feeling like this is going to be my life as a mom, as an adult, like totally stuck complete for a couple of years, like baby weight had become body weight. It wasn't baby weight anymore. Yeah. Um, and I've had 10 knee surgeries from my time in the Navy. And at that <sighs> point I was like, yeah, I was like, I guess I'll never be able to do sports again. I loved sports growing up. Yeah. That was my thing. Yep. And so I had kind of gotten away from like feeling like an athlete, quite overweight, struggling, had recently had like another big surgery it was just sort of stuck. So the year before I moved out here was my year of sort of just reclaiming myself. I okay. met a really great coach just because I had done all the things that everybody does. Like the stupid like diets. I'd seen my mom diet her whole life. So I was like, this is what you do when you try to lose weight. And nothing worked. Oh,
0: yeah. Snack cookies. Like the 80s yes. the style diet, Slim fast. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. And weight watchers and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is how you do it. Or I would work out or try to do cardio to lose weight. Because I was like, oh, that's yep. what you're supposed to do. Yep. Um, and nothing worked. I was just like, well, I guess I'm I'm doomed to be overweight. Like, this is my birthright or something. Um, but that year, I ran into a, a really great coach. He was just like a regular dude. Like a, a, a guy at, training at World Gym. And was like, "We come to my class in the park? And I was like, I don't know. I can think of 17 reasons why I couldn't go. My knee, kids. My boys were really little at the time. Like, maybe two and four. I was like, you know. I'm overweight, can't do any of those things. Like, why would I ever go? And I just went. And the first class couldn't do anything. Nothing. Like at the you know, I couldn't do one push up, no bear crawl, nothing. It was all torture. Um, but in that class he like walked past me and he was like, I see an athlete in there. And it was like in just in that one little thing, you know, a coach can yeah. see something in you you can't see. Yep. And he kind of made me want to come back. Okay. And I just kept going back and kept going back. And I spent a year rebuilding my body and learning how to eat for the first time yeah. cuz nobody had ever taught me that stuff so look well,
0: our generation think think about what we were what we were actually taught was healthy yeah
1: well, Pop-Tart commercials yeah. were Pop-tarts. all over in the 80s and growing yeah. up,
0: it's like, oh, and, just And Frosted Flakes were made frosted. with whole grains. Yeah. Right. yeah.
3: That's how we ate. I mean, Gushers.
2: I mean, yeah. I used to eat three Otis Spunkmeyer cookies and a bag of popcorn for lunch. Oh, Jesus. That was yeah. lunch. I you see know? you
1: a slice of pizza and that was my same <laughs> lunch in high school.
2: I can still taste that, yeah. that pizza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chicken patty day was like the best
0: day.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: But Did that's how we ate.
1: Dude, we got a potato bar, I remember, in like <laughs> middle school or high school and it was like is that
2: a potato bar?
1: Oh, yeah. And we're like, this is going to be so healthy. And it's like you get a potato and you load sour it with butter, cream, sour cream, cheese. bacon yeah. cheese, nacho cheese, everything. And you're
0: like, this is health. Yeah. 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 Some Velveeta and some bacon bits on there. (laughs) Yeah,
2: 100%. Yeah, cereal. We all ate all that nonsense, you know? Yeah. Nutty buddy bars.
1: But it's so weird that that was what, like... The food pyramid,
4: just look at it. Yeah, because
1: I was born in 83. Me too, yeah. Okay, and it's like growing up, I was a product of, like... I love pop culture and TV and mm-hmm. commercial. Like, I'll watch old commercials just for nostalgia and be like, yeah, that was cool. Remember back in the day? Like the old Hot Wheels commercials? Yeah, like, yeah but so just everything like- from, like, uh, from drinks. ones pop videos? Yeah, kind of that stuff. But, like, if you look at it, everything was so consumer-based. Like, Freetopia,
2: do you remember those, yeah, those commercials? yeah.
1: I mean, but it was so consumer-based and driven towards, like, kids. Yes. Like, TV in the past was driven towards adults, but, like, in the 80s and 90s, it really was driven towards children and toys and sugar. Oh, yeah. And it, it was,
0: all TV was an, ad, like, every show was an advertisement for Hasbro toys or yeah. General Mills and, uh, you know, Coca-Cola.
1: And we wonder why people have, like, an obesity epidemic. Right. And it's, like, Listen, you guys didn't give us the proper tools to learn. Or oh, just but, I mean, what even, you tried even from s-
0: the authorities. You had the food pyramid, which had like grains and sugars at the bottom, and then it's upside had, down. Uh, it's right. like Nancy Reagan who said ketchup's a vegetable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like and, the,
2: and <laughs> then they're like the diet industry was. That's when it was like really making its gains. Yeah. Like that's when Weight Watchers got big. That's when Oprah was like losing her weight in all the different yeah. ways. So people lost weight with like Metafast and. Weight Watchers and Slim Fast and all of those things and so you healthy know what's funny
0: is when I was in my early twenties, we used to drink Slim Fast as like a bulking like oh, yeah. Greg yeah. and I were both trying to make it to the two hundred pound club. <laughs> and so like between meals we'd be <laughs> drinking Slim Fast. Like four or like, five of them, yeah. I'm cultivating mass, bro.
2: That's funny. Those cans have a funny taste, huh? Those oh, like yeah. metal taste yeah, cans. I'm sure we'll
4: have cancer
0: is yeah. <laughs>
2: cancer. She could she can tastes taste like the cancer. cancer. <laughs> That's the really left.
4: what it is. Is that chocolate?
1: Yeah. No, it's cancer it's flavor.
4: Cancer. Yeah. Chalky. Cancer. Well, like yeah. the 80s, like the movies and everything too started having like Rocky and all oh, those, yeah. you know, the fit, you know. That's yeah. where people are starting to look at that and go, oh.
1: Jazzercise, Richard Simmons, right. like all the muscle dudes of the 80s. And that's when I think you kind of saw a lot more like steroids come into film because it's like, remember the 70s? You would have like, oh, like a Bronson or like um, uh, Newman, who was a guy on the set. Uh, who's a oh,
0: like uh, Paul Newman?
1: Paul Newman, right? And his body was kind of like slim, uh, slim and uh,
0: uh, like no, they're just slender. Yeah, they, they looked like normal people. But then in the eighties, like you they had, had Schwarz, your Rockies, well, you had Schwarzenegger. your Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger your Van Dams, yeah.
1: and like fitness became an explosion. Right, but like it was all bodybuilding. It was at so
2: the time. weird. It was it, like not normal life. Yeah, it yeah, yeah aspirational or like superhero character kind of fitness or like jazzercise lady fitness you know yeah I mean that's really how I ate so the funny thing is, is like that year of learning how to eat was more just learning really obvious stuff like, for example, like, don't eat out so much and, like, don't drink your calories. And, yeah. like, you probably need to eat more protein. And just simple. <laughs> like, don't, don't drink your calories. <laughs> but but just nobody had ever told me. Like, yeah. that sounds so dumb. But I was still under the impression that I could, like, buy my diet food mm. to lose weight. And nobody had ever just said, like, eat more often at home than you do out. Yeah. Like, don't drink very much. Like, don't have so much sugar. And eat more protein, like eat enough so that you're recovering from your workouts. And really, that's all he taught me. So I was working out hard. I was lifting weights. I was going to these classes. I was walking my face off like I was walking all the time. And I learned how to eat. And it was that simple. And so that one year, I became at the end of the year, I was like, well, this is what I'm doing. I quit my job that I was doing at the time, which was working for a nonprofit that I did after I got out of the Navy. And I was like, I'm doing this. And so I certified online as a personal trainer. And I moved out here. And I started a class in the park. Yeah. Um, oh,
0: nice. She so, so didn't start with like the diet and <coughs> nutrition stuff. Mm-mm. You started with straight up. I started with training routines. Yeah. Workout. So
2: I started a class in the park and taught a boot camp class in the park that I decided to start in January. Oh yeah. In Washington State. At uh, this
4: point, had you lost that weight? Mm-hmm. That weight came off, yep. and you were. Feeling- I was.
2: Yeah. I I had sort of like, <coughs> I said I always tell people that yes, like my body transformed. I w- I lost forty five pounds or so. I was feeling good. But really, I just felt like me again yeah. all of a sudden. And so then 45 I was like,
4: pounds is substantial. A lot. Substantial. Yeah, a lot. So I'm tremendous.
2: only 5'4. So yeah. that was a lot of weight. And, and again, on my knee, like that was a lot of weight on my yeah. knee too. So I was like, I just want to give this to other people. And all I knew was what he had done the class in the park, right? He invited me to. Yeah. So I was like, that's what I'm going to do. So when I moved out here, it was really funny because I didn't know anybody, zero people. And I was like, I'm going to start a class in the park in January. So, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Bring your jacket. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, so I got a couple pieces of equipment like from Facebook Marketplace, and I just started inviting people. And nobody came for weeks. For weeks and weeks, nobody came. And I just kept going. I'd show up at Lake Stevens Community Park by myself on Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock. Nobody would come. And then eventually people started coming. And I... Found CrossFit Lake Stevens, which is right downstairs, and I had found CrossFit and started going right before I'd moved here, and so I was still pretty new. But I started attending CrossFit, and then probably six months later, I was coaching CrossFit here. Okay. And so then I nice. spent that year teaching my class in the park, doing personal training, and coaching CrossFit.
0: Yeah. Well, I, and I want to I want to back up just a second and kind of emphasize the point of how, how many. If you had to estimate, how many classes do you think you scheduled where nobody showed up?
2: In the beginning, probably, I mean, it was probably like four or five weeks worth.
0: Yeah. And so I've recently, well, training Northwest is barely a year old. And so in the beginning, nobody knew I existed. Nobody knew what was going on. The only way I got people into class was by giving them away for free to people at work. Mm -hmm. So... Anybody who's thinking about starting a business. <laughs> yeah. What's up, guys? Yeah. <laughs> um, Got a lot of that early uh, <laughs> training Northwest. Yeah, yeah. Well, but at the same time, you guys were my guinea pigs, and I was building my curriculum and my, my lesson plans. Around me. Yeah, around, around <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, But Yeah. It, but it's like a uh, – it's just something that people should know. If you're thinking of going into business for yourself, don't expect to uh, hang your shingle and uh, – be an instant success you gotta you gotta you have to take some serious losses long long before you're gonna see any success we were
4: literally talking about that in the sauna just 45 no me and you were you were oh, like, sure. I was I, like, man, dude, I, like was, I was almost he was in a, out in the song. <laughs> he was, he was, he was <laughs> like, was two more man. minutes, <laughs> two more minutes. I go, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out what to do. You know, he's like, well, you just got to understand that, you know, you might going to have to throw some money at it and it might not work out for a little while, but just keep doing it. And then you're like, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so funny.
0: I was getting that, uh, man, when you, you start getting into that like 12, 13 minute mark, you start feeling a little desperate and you're just staring at the door handle. Like I could just get up and walk out. I don't need to be in here. It's Why? crazy
2: in there. I start yeah. at the top, and then I lower, I get down, and yeah. then I throw my phone out, and then once I've like gotten rid of everything <laughs> that's burning me, then I get out. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so that's how you started Fit Me Nutrition. Kind and of, yeah.
2: So the one part that I would skip is that, so that was out here, so it was just mostly training people, no nutrition. And then when I moved to Maryland, I went full-time coaching CrossFit and weightlifting. I spent three okay. years running a large gym and doing that as my full-time job. And what what I loved about it, it was allowed me to like really learn bodies and learn how to build strength, learn how to teach people things, learn how to coach, because I got tons of reps. I mean, this was just what I did every, all day, every day. But then what I started realizing is that people struggled with the rest of the day. They could come into yeah. the gym, but they didn't know how to eat. And... Although I loved coaching people in CrossFit and weightlifting, those people had already achieved what a lot of people are hoping to achieve, which is like some measure of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. They were already in the gym. Like maybe they wanted to lose 10, 15 pounds or something, but they weren't trying to lose 50 pounds, right? right. They were yeah. just – some. Uh, there's always a few, but for the most part, they were – they were...
0: They're already in the lifestyle. They're in the
2: lifestyle. And I started to think, like, I really want to help people who were stuck like I was stuck. Yeah. And who had it... Like, what didn't make sense to me, and I think a lot of women feel like this a lot, is that they have it together in a lot of other areas of their life. Like, they're professional. Maybe they've, yeah. they're, have they like, really good at their job, or they're, like, really capable, or they're, like, really good mom, or they're, like, really good... They just can't figure out that body piece. They're, like, why am I screwed up here? Yeah. Why can't I lose weight? Like, this seems like everywhere else I can do it, why can't I do this? And so that's like, they they almost treat it like a character flaw. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with them. So then I felt like, this is actually what I need to do. I need to help people with the rest of their day. And I need to help women who are stuck, like I was stuck. And that's when I found it fit me. Okay. And so then that is an online nutrition company that helps people create that healthy lifestyle.
0: And is it purely nutrition or do you add in the workout routines as well?
2: I would say that it's primarily nutrition. But we do give people workouts. Okay.
1: We do, do. Do you find yourself finding, like, one specific thing constantly comes up with, like, part of the problem, like, of their diet? Or, like, is there, like, guilty pleasures, like sodas, or, like, I only indulge late-night eating Like, I'm a successful worker. I'm so busy during the day that I go home and I just gorge food until I go to bed. Whereas, like, you're trying to give them a healthy lifestyle and you're like, hey, maybe break up our meals so we have a breakfast, a snack, a lunch, so that we give ourselves food and we don't go home and just raid the pantry. Mm -hmm. Do you find overlap in clients and stuff or everyone's kind of their own individual case?
2: I think the biggest overlap is it's not what you think. I mean, certainly, I meet people who are eating garbage all the time. I mean, like, and and they know that they're struggling with that. They're eating fast food all the time. They're overdoing it. They're most of the women though that I work with in FitMe and that come don't. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like that though. It more sounds like this perpetual state of like self-neglect is the way I would describe it, or like mm-hmm. a misalignment of priorities mm-hmm. where they have neglected learning how to take care of themselves. And that's where, like, the ownership piece comes into place. It's not anybody's fault except our own yeah. when our bodies aren't being I, taken care of. I feel of. like
0: that's an easy excuse to make. Oh, I'm busy taking care of the kids. I got to run them to practice. I got to be up early for work, blah, blah, blah. And then you go, you know what? I just don't have time for for me eating healthy. And I that's one of the things I harp on, like, at work a lot is, like, guys, it takes eight minutes to fry two eggs in the morning but yeah. it is there, it is a is no habit excuse. and
2: that's where I tell people I'm like you're not a you, you haven't done something wrong your priorities are out of whack and it's not an excuse because at the end of the day you don't feel good you don't look good you're not happy your body doesn't like have the energy you want it to have you're not at a good body weight and so what it ends up looking more like to answer your question is skipping breakfast rushing around doing things, taking the kids to wherever, or getting to work or doing whatever, eating, like, usually drinking sugar, some kind of, like, coffee, Starbucks drink, something so, uh, like that, yeah, eating, okay. eating out lunch, which is just convenience, whatever's convenient, so that's not typically healthy, crashing in the afternoon because they didn't have anything <laughs> great so far, so then more sugar required. Yeah, yeah. Still nothing substantial has been eaten really in their day, typically at this point. They come home hungry.
3: Yeah.
2: Four o'clock, five o'clock, it's like juggling whatever's happening. And that's when the snacking starts. And it's mindless snacking. It's like, let me grab something from the pantry, whatever. And then dinner tends to be, you know, America food. It doesn't, it's not necessarily like fast food all the time. It's convenient. It could be pasta. It could be like whatever. So you just overdo it on that. Still never having had anything substantial. And then in the evening, super stressed out and tired, more sugar required and or wine. Yeah. And so then you've got this like perfect scenario of weight gain. And then you add in social occasions, which people find excuses for and to alcohol. Right. Yeah. Then you add in mostly sedentary. Yeah. And then if anything, then you add in the perfect storm of once or twice a year doing some sort of diet where yeah. they dramatically reduce calories for a six week window, burn muscle yeah. and lower their metabolic function anyway. So they're just burning their calorie-burning machine for six weeks out of the year while they do whatever low-calorie thing, and then they gain more weight back afterwards. And so it's not so much of, like, eating McDonald's all the time. It's more of just, like, again, it's it's a mixture of, like, priorities being out of whack, never having dedicated the time to create the routine to take care of themselves, and then also genuinely wanting to do good for other people. Like, most of the time they're like, I really do want to be there for my work for my church for my friends for my kids for my husband for my whatever but I'm like what about taking care of you yeah and so then they just it's just really hard to make that shift
1: so you feel like putting that person on their own daily schedule or their daily calendar like I've got to drop Billy off at soccer practice then I got to go run errands at work but if you put more of yourself in little slots on your daily calendar agenda that that kind of the food will follow the good decisions and the food choices. It's easier to then start making, you know, kind of on a trajectory for better because you're allowing these little moments for you instead of you want to be a nice person and you want to do good for your job and do good for your kids. The only way you can do that is making sure you schedule yourself into that.
0: Well, I almost think you should prioritize yourself. And a metaphor for that is like, think, uh, Think when you're on an airline and they tell you if we lose altitude and the oxygen masks drop down, they say put yours on first before you help your kids. Because mm-hmm. if you pass out, then you're no good to anybody. And the same thing in the military, we used to hold the medics back. Like the medics aren't up like kicking down doors and whatnot, because if we get hit, we need them to treat us. Yeah. So if it's your job to take care of everybody else, you kind of need to prioritize yourself. So that you're Mm -hmm. at, you know, firing on all cylinders, you're your best version of yourself when you're taking care of them. And this Mm. is kind
2: of where like coaching really, I feel like is the the secret sauce here because each person's way that I would approach that would be different, right? Mm -hmm. Like for some people, you can anchor something like a workout routine and that anchor starts to change the food habits. It starts to change what... What you guys are talking about, like, okay, now I've got this time scheduled that I'm going to do this thing, and so now I want to eat better, and now I want to do this. For other people, it might just be as as simple as shifting breakfast. And then for other people, it might be building a walking routine. For other people, it might be creating boundaries. Like, just the simple concept of, like, I don't have to buy this food and put it in my house is new to people. Yeah, and so if I'm like, oh, really? don't put it in your house. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean like for real, this is a big, and it was a big thing for me. Cause I was just like, okay, well my kids want Chick-fil-A. So we're going to Chick-fil-A. Uh, and I, it never dawned on me that like fast food could just be a boundary that I set for me and my family. Yeah, and then yeah. when I did, I was like, oh, we never went back.
3: Yeah, But yeah.
2: it's a lot of people need permission to say like, I'm no. not going to buy that crap and put it in my house. Instead, if yeah. we're going to have a treat, we'll just go out and get it.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, that, that, that's one that works well for me is just not having it in the house because yeah. I hate traffic so much and <laughs> the grocery store is like it's like a mile from my house but I'll be like if it's not in the cupboard there's no chance I'm going to go get in the car and drive to the grocery store cuz yeah. it's like eight traffic lights and it's like fuck that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, just not having it in the cupboard is is really
1: Bringing the devil into your house yeah, is only exactly. going to create chaos. So yeah.
2: it's, it's just building the pieces. And yeah. for each person, it's a little different how you do that, which is what I love doing. Because if you want to make those changes, then you're willing to start to do it. And again, and most of the time, it's not too hard. Yeah. It's not impossible. But it does require editing, like learning how to say no. Yeah. A lot of women struggle with being able to say no. Like, no thanks. I don't want to... No, I can't stay after for two hours after work today and do the thing. I actually have to go to the gym. I'm doing that. From, they struggle with that. Um, and so just creating some of those, I don't know, some, some sometimes teaching people language around this is like yeah. part of what coaching is. Yeah. So it's the, it's the big picture. It's like how do you create a healthy lifestyle? Because at the end of the day, my goal is to take them from just like I needed to go from that place where I was super stuck looking for quick solutions but I really wasn't solving the problem to just – Creating the healthy lifestyle because yeah. then you're 85, 90% of the way there. After that, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Then you can just live.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I have my 80 20 rule, which is 80% healthy food. And then that leaves me room to sit up here on a Saturday evening and drink a couple yeah. beers. Right. Um uh, but my question for you is: Do you have strong thoughts on whether on breakfast? Because we grew up hearing <laughs> breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Now you're hearing more and more people say they like to do like an intermittent, like eighteen hour fast from dinner until lunch the next day. Um, my personal thought is: I eat like a really like I eat, every morning I eat three eggs, and sometimes I add in like a uh, they call it like a uh, god damn it, it's from First Form. It's like this little packet mm-hmm. of. Uh, greens that yeah. you mix in water but then i don't really get hungry again until late afternoon and then i'll have an apple like i'll have an apple mid-morning and like a real small lunch but because i'm eating sort of quality food like you get all your nutrients when you get all and your you nutrients full. You yeah exactly you don't get hungry again because it's not garbage
1: i'll go a day or two sometimes without eating and oh, then no like shit. the next day it's like just gorge Just, on steak. The next, and, I say, like, the next day. And he, wipe, he wipes
0: peanut butter all over yeah. his chest and then he, then he scoops it up with moon pies. <laughs> no, I don't eat shit food. I mean, occasionally
1: I do, but sometimes it's like I'll go a day or even a day and a half, sometimes two. And it's like I won't eat. I, I know when my body's like, hey, I'm thirsty. yeah, And like you've got kind of fat reserves, you know, but it, it's like I'm okay until. And there's maybe, also. There's no.
0: also this voice in your head that's like, again, I'll be at work and there'll be whatever chips or whatever snacks people bring in. I'm like, oh, I want donuts. some of that? But then you think about it, and you're like, my belly is actually full. I'm
4: not hungry. Like,
0: yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm so not even close. Not only am I not hungry, I'm blessed, not even.
4: <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't think we're. No, no, I, that's not true. Because I think that's self control like and a I'm little bit sure of self awareness. I'm pretty sure. You followed me for a year, and that's what you were just talking about, because that's exactly how. Like twice a year, I get a wild stick up my ass where I'm like, you well, know what, I am gonna go carnivore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like here I go. So I'm i a week on that. I'm a week on not drinking. I'm like, hey, let's see how long this one lasts, boys. You know, I don't have a kitchen in my house, so I'm he's, I'm constantly just eating out and I think doing that all that stuff. And so like, I was like, oh, I'm describing going. you. Yeah, I was like th- exactly. It's just like <laughs> this. Is exactly what. Like Son of a there's
1: bitch. one tear rolling down his cheek as
4: she's talking. <laughs> I do need to put myself <laughs> first.
0: <laughs> Mike and I actually invited Christian here to have an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> have your intervention.
2: We, I just Jordan, think it's We love you. It's very different. Like what do I think about breakfast? I mean, maybe you don't need to eat breakfast. Maybe Jordan does need to eat breakfast. <laughs> I just kidding. But like it The actual science behind it is that you... I mean, certainly there's benefits to fasting. So I'm not going to talk about that because it's so an animal. But in terms of like how much nutrition you get in and when, it's fine. Like whatever works for you is fine. And so you can eat it all in one window or you can spread it out into 17 meals if you want to. It does not matter. If you're trying to lose weight, you're going to be in a calorie deficit. If you're trying to gain weight, you need to be in surplus. Most of us live right around maintenance. So it's kind of just whatever works for you. When I was saying you guys were blessed, what I'm saying is, is that... Even what you're describing is very foreign to some people. Like the idea of looking at a donut and being like, yeah, I'm already full. Like, and I get it that that feels like discipline, but for other people, it doesn't feel like that because the sensation of feeling full from a breakfast that had like quality protein and fat in it isn't a thing. It's a perpetual state of feeling fatigued and like searching for a little bit of a pick me up that they're in. So you almost have to break that cycle first.
0: Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah, yeah, you got to get all the shit out of the system yes. so that nope. the system functions correctly before the system can go, you know what, we're not hungry.
2: Which is why for most of my clients and fit me clients, I recommend eating a breakfast that's high in protein. Like I don't want you eating a bowl of cereal. That's doing zero for you or a, or a muffin from Starbucks. Zero. Have, so
1: Have you tried those magic spoon or, like those no, protein I've the cereals. Thing. I've
2: seen it. I'd probably eat a box of that because, again, do they taste like 80s kid, it, it tastes like chocolate. It tastes so good. But I'm like,
3: I'm getting yeah. so much
0: protein. Give me another bowl. If it tastes like chocolate, it's <laughs> probably not good for you. And it.
2: My, my thing, also, too, is like when someone's at a healthy body weight and a really good body fat percentage, if you want to like dick around with carnivore twice a year, go for it, right? Like, you're already in a great place. Like, yeah. do whatever you want. Like, if you want to fast for three days, awesome. But when someone's 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight and they're trying to find the solution, those tend to not help. Yeah. Right? Because they're still trying to use it as the solution. I'm not saying it doesn't help people because I know there are people who have used fasting or a a feeding window or even carnivore or paleo to lose a substantial amount of weight and keep it off, but they became that person. They became the person who loves paleo. It wasn't like...
4: Well, I think there's, there's a point where you find a goal. So, like in order to keep that going like if you put yourself and you dive deep into like okay I'm going to get I'm going to get heavy into paleo I'm going to get heavy into carnivore I'm going to get heavy in just to exercise and eat clean like like you said, you're going to find, like, that one-hour window where you're going to go work out or whatever. And you make that your world and then base things off that. And that becomes, like, something you're interested in and mm-hmm. truly interested in. And you're doing it because you enjoy it.
2: And you become that person. You become
4: that person. It's a lot easier, right? So, like, wrestling, it was easy to lose weight or do this or do that. And I watched guys cut crazy weight to, you know, right. get into that position. But the little tricks and tips around it, like, obviously, that was when we were younger, so, like like you said, when you were younger, you were an athlete, and it was natural, and it was just normal, right? And it didn't really necessarily matter what you were doing. Right. But you had something that kept you active and going to constantly.
2: But you could imagine, like, if you had a friend who was, you know, say he's, like, 240, and he's like, Jordan, I bought one of those suits, that wrestlers use <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to wear it <laughs> and yeah, I'm oh going to yeah. do a cut this weekend, yeah. you'd be like, dude, that's not the solution. No, no. Why don't
4: you come into the room and like it?
2: Yeah, right. and exactly. And, that's, and like so that's what I mean. Like a lot of times people abuse <clears throat> these things as like another, a fad diet. And yeah. that's where I feel like it's like not helpful. It, it never
0: lasts. Right. You know what I mean? they're, well, that's they're on a 90 they day, day streak or a yet. 30 day streak. Yeah. They're looking for something. And this actually what you're saying about, people not even understanding the cycle they're in. I have a friend <coughs> from the Army who he was he was just like Greg, and I he was fit, strong, could run. And the last time I saw him, he'd gotten huge. And it's like, and he's, like, telling me about health problems. And I was like, dude, you've – okay, I said, okay, first of all, tell me what you eat. And he's like, oh, I usually just grab some of my kids' Pop-Tarts as I'm headed out in the morning because I'm in a hurry. And I was like, man, just – just give yourself literally 10 minutes to cook a couple eggs and you just got to stop eating that shit and tell your wife to stop buying it. Cause right. it's not good for your kids either. But the resistance to that is like, like, no man, no, I can't. I, the, he, he's not even willing to think about it. It's, it's an absolute like, no, no, I can't, I can't change that part of my life. And the other thing, then you guys, you'll appreciate this. Having spent some time down in Florida is in the South. Everybody drinks that goddamn sweet tea. Mm-hmm. which it's the
2: oh,
1: yeah. Arnold Palmer and it. sweet
0: teas yeah. yeah
2: we would dump like
0: oh my God.
2: <laughs> tons of sugar <laughs> into this a bag it's, yeah it's got to be kidding. twice yeah?
0: it's got to be twice the amount of sugar oh, of a yeah. can of coke in one glass of sweet tea but if you're out at dinner you'll get a couple <sighs> refills you know what i mean and it's like oh. these guys are like oh i don't drink alcohol it's bad for you it's like dude you're pounding sugar yeah So.
2: Yeah, it's and again, like I think every person it's not that every person needs something different. I think at the end of the day, that's sort of true. But at the end of the day, most people need to do some strength training. They need to get off their butt and do some walking. They need to eat real food with a good amount of protein in it. And they need to limit the sugar and the alcohol. Like that's the recipe. And that's hard if you have not lived like that ever.
0: Yeah, it
2: is easier said than done. Yep.
0: So that's that's a good synopsis right there. And let's so let's move on to the second sure. business. Cause I actually I've known your Fit Me for a couple mm-hmm. of years now since you talked about it on Greg's podcast, but I didn't realize you have a second business because you, you talked to me about it a little bit last weekend. I want to hear more about that.
2: Sure, yeah. It's new actually. So um, I founded it with two friends and they it really what it is, it's it's software and I'm not like a software person. But if you run a online company, which is what I've been doing for the past four or five years, you actually need to be able to have a page that people go to and you need to be able to email them and you need to be able to um, communicate with them and have a website and all those things together. And that sounds like pretty straightforward, but most people who run running a business are doing that in a whole bunch of different places. And so what we did is we put together a service for primarily nutrition coaches, but really for any business could use it that does all those things in one place. And really what so I have Fit Me and then I have this business, which is like helping people run their business. So yeah. it's kind of like okay. both pieces.
0: So do you guys design and build the website for them?
2: We can, but mostly we just teach them how to do it. I got you. And it's, and it's pretty straightforward because at the end of the day, it's not super like code or techie. It's more about, it's less about that and more about actually having a, a system or a strategy to what you're doing. So yeah. for example, that's the piece that most business owners are missing is they're just like, oh, I just put up a page and whatever, but... They're not thinking, okay, well, somebody signed up for that page. I should probably send them a follow-up email. And then I should probably invite them to the next free thing. And then I should probably send them, like, this cool thing so that they build yeah, even that, more trust. That's,
0: you just described me in training Northwest.
2: And, and you're not alone. And that's what I was doing, too, for a long time with Fit Me. I would just be like... I'm a great coach, like sign up, you know, or like I would put something out there and the next thing would be random. She knows us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) As I say, she described Jordan, now she's describing me.
2: Um, (laughs) Yeah, but I think that's also
1: part of a coaching thing is is. like, you know, like when you're connecting with a person or when someone's giving you tons of positive feedback and they're in that loop. And like, if you start to distance yourself from people, they're going to probably distance themselves from you. And so, like, having a web page or a site that's tailored more towards having constant communication or just being available or having it tailored towards, you know, a um, performance or just a free speech or, you know, communication, and it probably makes the client feel more involved the more...
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, what it is is the old version is websites. Like, everybody used to look for a website. Now... You might reference a website real quick just to make sure somebody's not like totally, you know, Yeah. like now it's, it's your app. It's yeah. It's not even the. it's not the website. Usually it's something else that got your attention. So it's maybe it's like a post that you made that you're like, hey, here's my like five things that I would recommend like looking at before you purchase your first firearm. Yeah. Here's my free thing. My free, you know content of content you know. and so then now I just got that because I was thinking about buying my first firearm and then next thing you know I get an email next weekend that's like hey women's only class you know are you interested and I'm like I am interested <laughs> oh I don't even have to have a gun perfect because I don't have a gun you just gave me the thing that said I didn't have a gun and then I don't come well then I get an email two weeks later is like what do you what do you need to know before you buy your first firearm so then it's like you're just serving people better by having a plan on how to communicate with them and so that's the part that i love because it's like i love people that's what i love about coaching and so now i get to help like business owners or coaches do that better yeah and so that's why it's fun okay.
1: so i i've seen i mean i follow you on instagram uh do you do like TikTok and twitter and other social medias <laughs>
2: All not, not that's really pretty
1: girls dance like
2: this <laughs> my top
3: 5 reasons why i like dieting with i
2: them. don't know because i don't think i'm a i don't think i'm particularly good influencer i think i just tried to just i like your clown
1: videos oh my i thought God, those were so, so hilarious i wish you did more what was it uh, bullshit
0: bullshit, bullshit the clown, bullshit <laughs> <the> clown. Bullshit <laughs> dude yeah, that was awesome <laughs> I, I don't know this well i different.
2: made them like a year ago and then i was like this is ridiculous dude like,
0: no they're awesome i know what we're doing at p break <laughs> yeah they were
2: it was basically like me pretending to be like the nonsense that people say or yeah. you know like so I put a weight Did you belt. dress up like a
0: clown? I did. Oh, and that's what God. I'm saying. Oh, it was oh, like a character God. thing. Hang on. <laughs> Christy, they're awesome. We're going to have to blow up a poster and put it up on the- <laughs> Bullshit on, the clown. Downstairs at the, on the mat room. So
2: the funny thing is, is, the funny thing is like I did get, most people said that they really liked them, but they also kind of teased me for it because I did dress up like a clown. But the ultimate irony is that my first business ever- was as a clown.
3: Oh, you should What? What? No. Are <laughs> you a Hold on. Hold on. Hang you on. Back this back
2: was your business. <laughs> it was, I was important like, <laughs> announcement, <laughs> Podcast
3: America. Yeah,
2: I didn't everybody work for listen her. up. I was twelve, I think, <laughs> okay. uh, right. and I needed to make money. And I have no idea why I thought this was a great idea, because and it's kind of it's one of those stories where now in retrospect it kind of makes you a little bit sad to hear it. Cause it's like a happy sad story, because I thought, okay, well, and I don't know why I thought I could do magic tricks, and like I got the book on magic tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Just this twelve-year-old like shit
1: <laughs> magic. <laughs>
2: so, okay, so oh my God. to set the stage, first off, like as a Child, I, my brother and I, he's two years younger than me. I had short, short hair, so I looked. He looked like he and I looked like twins. Like the majority of my life before hitting puberty, people could not tell. (laughs) (laughs) Are you (laughs) showing him the video,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Jordan? I love it.
0: Um, You don't know, That's Jordan's funny. usually on YouTube while we're you He's scrolling YouTube? Yeah.
2: yeah. So, as a child, I had short hair. I looked identical to my brother, so we looked like twins. And so, and I played boy sports, boys soccer, boys baseball, all the things. So, most of the time, I could hear in the background, parents being like, is that a boy or a girl? Like, it was always that kind of thing, right? Because yeah. he couldn't tell, I was a little kid, you know? Yeah. So, anyways, around 12, I thought it'd be a great idea to make some money that I would do magic tricks and to be a clown at birthday parties. Yes. I don't, well, who Entrepreneurs. Birthday spirit. parties were hot. Hang on. Twi- <laughs> every, every, you know what I mean? That so was like,
0: <laughs> who hasn't had that idea at one point in their lives?
2: So I you learned, do balloon animals? I could. I did balloon Holy animals. Shit. So I could do the couple tricks nice. and I would get paid money. I'd show up to like little kids' birthday parties, do a bunch of tricks and whatever. And I had this clown outfit that my mom made me. It was ridiculous. And I would paint my face white and it was just, I looked so silly. Um, and I did this for a little while. But the part that I think is sort of like the tragic, you Christy know, Christy Gacy here. I know tra- <laughs> it's like the tragic coming of age story because when you become like twelve and thirteen, all of a sudden you do start to care what other oh people yeah. think, yeah. right? Oh yeah. yeah, you go from like innocence. Yeah. Clown is a great idea.
0: Yeah, bull- <laughs> Bullshit, the clown is not, is not the seventh grade nickname <laughs> that <thing laughs> you want. All,
3: <laughs> so all of a sudden, I was like,
2: I don't want to have short hair anymore. Like, I want to have long hair. Like, I want to look like a girl. And yeah. then it was like, I would like people to like me. <laughs> oh
4: my God. Yeah, What and- was your clown name? bullshit, I don't know.
2: bullshit.
4: <laughs> Oh no you know, it. You know no, it. I don't
2: think I had it I think it was just Christy it was like even worse cuz it was just Christy my regular wow. name oh. yeah but I do remember this it was probably 6th 7th grade when I remember that I thought it, maybe my mom had suggested this that it would be a good idea that like I make balloon animals at like my own schools Fair.
3: Oh, man. Sharp. The
0: long
4: exhales for just. Woo. Uh,
0: woo.
4: Social suicide.
3: I <laughs> was saying. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. I was
2: saying. <laughs> That was the end of the clown because I just remember making balloon animals to my like fingers were bleeding and like looking at the girls in their cute little shorts and I'm like dressed as a clown. Size 17
1: (laughs) floppy shoe. (laughs) Well
2: hi guys. Yeah.
1: That's exactly
2: how it was. And so I think that was the end. (laughs) Until the inst, yeah,
4: yeah, you know, twenty so years later, <laughs> dusted off the old clown nose, dusted and- the
2: clown nose, <laughs> and brought it back. But yes,
1: yeah, I'm gonna be forty oh this God. summer, and I am terrified to. Not forty still, yet? not yet. <clears throat>
2: God it, <dang clears throat> yep. my
1: boyish good looks. Man. Sorry,
0: buddy.
2: I'll be forty this fall. Forty eighty three. Oh man. Well, yep.
0: You have no excuse. <laughs> no, dude. <Not> at all. <laughs> 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 no, thirty three. You're our
1: hope. You're the yeah, next
2: generation. Three. Nice, but yeah, I don't know if that answered the question. It was a long way around, but yeah, no, that is the I other business. What the question was, I, I just got distracted the by the clouds. Clouds. <laughs> I like I clowns. Say, are scary. i I wanted to know what the second <laughs> business was. That's then, what it was. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah so, yeah. Okay. so it really, again, like, is it is it websites and tech? Sure, but really, it's it's helping people communicate better to their person, helping them serve them better, helping them like kind of differentiate themselves from some of, like, the bullshit out there. Like, the bullshit, the clown kind of stuff. Like, if small businesses have the ability to deliver something better, I think, yeah. a lot of times. They
1: don't have corporate hoops and, like, PR or, like, all these, you know, right. you can just be honest and have, this is what I think works. Right, yeah. I know
2: why we got off the bullshit, on the bullshit, because you asked me if I was on TikTok and Twitter. Yes. And I said the answer was no, because I'm not a very good influencer in that way. I just like to show up.
0: I don't, I don't know, maybe we should see how far Bullshit the Clown can go. <laughs> I know,
2: Bullshit the Clown might have legs, but... I uh, I just like to show up in my stories, show my day, and then post things that I think are helpful. And then I do a podcast. Yeah. And that's probably where I probably show up the most.
0: So what is the title of your podcast?
2: It's called Fit Me Coffee Talk.
0: Fit Me Coffee Talk, and that's probably on all the Spotify, it's Apple. on,
2: And it's short, and so it's, like, usually yeah. 15 minutes long. And I've done, man, I think I hit 660 episodes. Oh, wow. Shit. So it started off with just wanting to show up in my Facebook group. So I had a Facebook group with all the people I was trying to help and fit me, some clients, some not clients. I was like, I need to be in there, like consistently. And so what am I going to do? So I attached it to something I do every day, which is drink coffee, because I love coffee. So I was like, if I drink coffee, I'll go live in the Facebook group, and I'll just give them some thoughts and perspective on something. That's how it started. And I started then, like, probably 10 times of doing that. I was like, well, I'll just release these as podcasts. And so I didn't have a mic, I didn't have anything, and I just released them as podcasts, and that became the podcast.
0: Okay. And Did, so do you do that every like Monday through Friday morning.
2: Most day it's probably like four episodes a week, probably. Okay. And when I listen to the old ones, they're kind of funny. They're like a little ridiculous, you know. Like yeah. your first episodes are. You're we we wouldn't know anything yeah. about that. No, we yeah. came right out of the gates.
1: No, but they're good because I think you are good at social. <laughs> me- I don't, think- don't listen to last week's episode. <laughs> that was my favorite one. Mike Z- You're giving Mike Zadong strength. Um, I think you're really good at social media because, like, you'll post things of your podcast or just of little quibbits of your day and stuff. And it's like I know your Fit Me community is more based towards women But you'll give these little positive, like, stories and everything. And it's like, I feel better. And it gives me little motivation. And it gives me a different perspective on, like, hey, maybe I was kind of bummed about something. But I think you do a good job of, like, grabbing people and posting those moments of, like, You know, talking on a microphone when something's hitting and you're like, I'm in the zone. This is Mm -hmm. clicking. This is good and stuff. And it's just, I I like what you post on there and your highlights
2: and stuff. I
1: think it grabs.
2: I probably should post more of those. I have some more of the like clips from the podcast. Yeah. They're really for everybody. I mean, at the end of the day, it's mostly just me talking about whatever it is that I feel like would be helpful. But at the same time, usually it's coming from something in my own life that's hard. Got it.
1: And that's why they're good, because it's, like, relatable. it's very relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you do have a good knack the, day, at the,
2: the 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 podcast reel that did the best was the one where I burned my face off climbing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <on laughs> <the laughs> <Collins laughs> with your wife, Toby. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Yeah, Jen came back. She's like, Christy didn't put on sunscreen. <sighs> And it doesn't look good. And then oh, she, it wasn't she good. turned her phone around and showed me the picture and I was like, Ah Yeah. So I was, I, Why didn't you I, I actually got mad at her. I was like, Babe, you're the you're the expert here. You're supposed to tell all these people. She
2: felt bad. Advice. She, she texted me and she was like, I feel like this is partially my fault. I'm like, it's not your fault. I mean, like at the end of the day, we all have to be responsible for our own stuff. And the real reason I didn't put sunscreen on is because the schedule changed. So I did Mount St. Helens a month ago um, with Tobin's wife and a handful of other people. And this was the biggest mountain I've ever done. Hardest thing I've done. And we were originally supposed to hike in the first four miles, camp, and then do the summit and then out. Mm -hmm. But the weather was really bad. So then the plans changed. And the new plan was get there, sleep in your car, and then do the entire thing in one go. We were going to start at 3 a.m., well, the weather was really not good. It was like 34 degrees and raining. Yeah. And so I had prepared myself to be ready for cold and a little wet, but I hadn't prepared for rain. And then I had my oldest, who I had convinced to do this with me, who had no idea what we were going to do.
3: <laughs> oh, no. He had uh, no idea.
2: Like I said, we're going hiking. We're going to hike a mountain. And I told him to look it up, and I got all the gear that he needed. He had no clue. I'll tell you about that in a minute. How old 14. Okay. Um, but even that piece, I'll have to tell you what, how that went down. Like, so the reason that I forgot to put on sunscreen is I put it on Friday morning. We get there, we set up in the cars, I wake up, it's two and 30 in the morning. We're supposed to get ready to go and it's raining. And so then I'm like, oh no, Logan's going to get soaked. We don't have the right gear. I started freaking out that, you know, all of that. And it was cold and shitty and raining and dark. And I just didn't think to put it on. So then you fast forward like nine hours later and you're like at the top of the mountain and it's finally clear and you're just suffering. Like every step is suffering. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I didn't think about it.
0: There's a reason I don't go climb mountains with her. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And Logan, oh my God. So Logan's in really good shape. I mean, you've met Logan. You've all met my oldest. So he's an athlete for sure. And I knew he could do it. I told Jen, I said, he's going to be in good enough shape. And he's at an awkward age where, you know, hanging out with mom's not that fun anymore. So it's like... Let's do something together. This would be like a cool thing we can do together. So That's I, a memory
4: forever. Right. So yeah. I was like, let's do things.
2: this thing. And he was, uh, he's like, okay, I'll do it. But he didn't know what he was signing up for. So <laughs> <laughs> we, we do the first four miles and he's, I could tell he's kind of annoyed because I'd put him in a tarp. So he, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he was like in his warm stuff. And then I put like this poncho over top of him because again, the rain problem.
3: Yeah.
2: And it was kind of miserable. Like, you know, headlight rain cold it's snowy it's not
0: kind of miserable
3: it's the first miserable. four
2: miles weren't up though it was just kind of a slow <coughs> increase yes. yep. the, the approach yeah yes so he's kind of i could tell he's kind of annoyed. he's like you know what what are we doing here you know and then we get to the base of the mountain and it's very clear what's getting ready yep. to happen and he's like we're not going up that and i said we are and we made it probably the first chunk and he was like i'm done he was mad he was like what is this? Because it was it was hard. Oh yeah, I have you done it? Have you done? I've you done, done hellens, yeah. yeah, yeah. I gave In up. The winter. Half-
1: No, no, I did it in like the spring to summer. I made it three-fourths of the way up, and I like – I told my dad, I'm like, I'm done. Just leave me here. Get me on the way home. (laughs) He had to give me a 20-minute pep talk, and I'm like, okay, I'll make the rest. That's really what happened (laughs) with Logan is
2: he started – so I was like in the back, you know, and it was me and Logan and this other guy, Dave, who was doing an awesome job, but we were like the cleanup crew, you know. Yeah. They they waited for me, and they are like, you're going to have a walkie-talkie because you guys are so slow. But we were just slow. And so Logan started being like, I'm not doing this. And we had probably, you know, halfway to go. Yeah. And there's all these false peaks. You've done it. Yeah. Um, and so then I just started. Those so then.
0: Fal- hang on. False peaks are just a crusher. Uh, a mirage. Oh, a yeah. uh. false peak. Yeah. yeah. Like you, terrible. Like, we're there. We're there. And then That's you come it. up over the top and you look up and you're like,
2: and it wasn't quite clear. It. So it was like, you get this it like cloud. <laughs> yeah. You're like, it's over that. And it's then it's not. It's just around the bend. It yeah. is We're not. There. Yeah. So he was like, so at one point he was like, I, uh, he, he basically was like, fuck you, mom. I yeah, am, I'm done. I am mm. out of here. This is the stupidest thing. And I was like, I'm not leaving you on the side of this mountain. And I was like, get up. And then I left. And I basically stayed for the whole last like 30%. I stayed in front of him and never let him catch me. Yeah. Because I was knew if he caught me, then he would have that like feeling of being able to tell his mom, like, I'm quitting, you know? Yeah. And I was yep. not gonna let him quit. Yep. So I just kept ahead <laughs> <sweating laughs> of him and he never caught me. And then every time he would sit, I would just wait, you know? Uh, and then I would just, like, yell down the mountain, like, get up. And then we would just go. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: like, that's yeah. awesome. But Good I job, let him dude. Quit. Yeah. I mean, that's
2: that was, awesome. like, the thing is, like, when you're 14, I'm sure, like, there's no mental place where you're prepared for that. Yeah. Like yeah. Was so, that
4: willpower for you? Or did that Did that feed you as well, knowing that you had to get him up as well?
2: I was I was more worried about the consequence of him quitting. I was like, what will this do to him if I allow him to quit? Yeah. Like, he will have that memory, <clears throat> and now that would could be a repeat pattern forever. Oh, yeah. And I was like, the fuck if that's happening. I'm <laughs> dragging him watch. up yeah. on this
4: mountain. Yep. That's awesome.
2: Because, yep. again, like, I knew it was going to be hard. Uh, it was harder than I thought it was going to be.
0: I have a—I remember it to this day. I was probably eight or nine years old, and I had signed up for soccer as a kid, and I, I didn't like it, like— very quickly realized, like, soccer is not my game. And I told my mom, I don't want to go to soccer anymore. She, she turned around and looked at me She said, you don't have to play next year, but you started this season and you're going to finish this season. And that was one of those, like, set the tone for the rest of my life right there. And it, it, that that has stuck with me
2: through my entire life. Yeah, and I know he was, he was legitimately mad at me. I mean, yeah. he was really mad. Yeah. But he made it to the top, and then I could see his mood shift. Yeah. Like, he was I like, yeah,
1: because mom made him win though,
2: and he won. I mean, he did it. That yeah, but the like best thing.
1: you, you coaxed them. You're a coach. Right. We know what it's like to push people and right. like get people to perform in the little mental games. But that's good. That's good parenting.
4: Yeah, he <laughs> made- really good parenting. Yeah, well, yeah. it's good parenting just to say, hey. Let's go on this adventure.
1: But you also like made his mind shift. You forced you didn't force him, but you played those mind games and you got him to the I didn't top. Play with him. And then once yeah. he got there, his mood changed and it's like, fuck, I got a cool mom. She helped get me I don't uh, know if he thought that at that moment. <laughs> yeah, 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 But, you know, it's down there in the subconscious. That's something Maybe. he'll think about 20 years from now is yeah. I gave up when I was younger, but my mom helped me climb this mountain.
2: He did She it. was tougher yeah. than me,
1: and I wanted to pursue.
2: Well, the funny thing was, and I won't, I mean, he's not going to listen to this, but, like, he was supposed to carry the pack. Oh, he, uh, he emails he? us all the time. He's <laughs> yeah. our number one yeah, listener.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah. The funny like, thing was. She's going to be on. <laughs> he was supposed
2: to carry the pack. Like, we had made this deal, because I only had one, I had one big pack, and then I had one, like, Daypack, yeah, both were not the right size for this this adventure, <laughs> and I was supposed to carry the big one for the four miles, and we were supposed to swap because uh, okay. I thought he would be physically more capable to carry it up. But because I never let him catch me, he never had to carry it, uh, so I got to well, carry. Maybe, it. maybe he <laughs> was playing the game.
0: The right <laughs> <way>. <laughs> I don't want to walk, Mom. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> yeah. Getting too close.
3: So yeah. slow but, down.
2: but he really did. I mean, like again, like it's hard when you're 14. Like you don't have that sort of like same rational brain to even yeah. understand when something's yeah. gonna end. There's exactly. so like when's the end? Yeah. Never, yep. you know. Um, yep. But yeah, I was really proud of him, and so I I feel like that was my favorite thing of the whole thing was just him doing it. And he was happy on the way down. Like we got to slide down the mountain and do all that fun stuff. Yep, that's a good time. But yeah, it burned my face off. Like yeah. I, my face was not not good.
4: Yeah, those no.
0: were, those I'd were a, rough.
2: I'd take a whole week off jujitsu. Yeah. I can't, believe,
0: I can't believe it was only one.
2: <laughs> the doctor was like, <clears throat> I thought it was you're not allowed weeks. to go to
0: jujitsu. Yeah, no.
4: Oh, it would have been, you're gonna leave your been face excruciating.
0: On the yeah. yeah,
2: and they're like, you're going to get, st- like, staph or cellulitis. Because <laughs> <straight laughs> you have no skin barrier. I burned my skin yeah. off. So. Well,
0: I mean, imagine your skin already sunburned and then rubbing it on somebody's burlap freaking sleeve. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know what hurt? It wasn't so much my cheeks. It was... It was my lips yep. and my lower
1: nose. Because it wrinkles and moves all the time. That
2: was something I was unprepared for. Oh, my
1: dad God. and I went uh, on a ski trip to Snowbird, Utah. I, and I think uh, base camp, uh, or like where the base of the ski resort is, was at like 9,000 feet. And so and then you would ski all the way up to like freaking 13, 14,000 feet Right, The gondolas would take you up there. And there was all these signs and it said, caution, high UV warning. I'm like, well, that's weird. What do you think that means, dad? And he's like, I don't know. It must be sunny up here <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. And like, it looked like just a normal kind of overcast day and stuff. And we had ski goggles on the whole time. God, and God. after three days of it, all of a sudden, I'm like, dad, my face hurts. And he's like, yeah, mine too. <laughs> And we woke up on the fourth morning and we had blisters, like just our whole faces, but our eyes, like from the goggles, (laughs) it was completely protected. That's what I looked like. And so my dad and I were just like, oh, my face hurts. Let's go home early. And we boarded that plane and people looked at us like we were leopards because we had consistent blisters. Leopards or leopards? lepers oh, okay. not leopards <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean we had leopard spots kind of. yeah <laughs> but oh my god those face sunburns take forever to heal
2: yeah i don't think it's all the way i mean it's not normal yet because if i flush or like get you know whatever you can just see the you line <laughs> what it was but that's okay oh, it was worth it like sunburns. i said
0: all right let's uh let's call p break quick break mm-hmm. could you imagine
1: if you did coke like and that was your drug of choice. Like Rogan kind of likes doing uh weed and mm-hmm. podcasting, maybe a few drinks. But could you imagine a cokehead podcast? The commercial for whatever <laughs> their sponsor would be forty five minutes long, and you would not know what they were selling.
4: <laughs> just <laughs> but it would, they, yeah, just happy, happy, happy.
1: But because it's America, it would probably be like the number one rated podcast. Yeah, People would love right. it. Yep. Yeah, Man. TikTok. All videos of podcast of co cats.
4: Yeah, oh man! All right. Well, we're back. Obviously, <laughs> um, I I had a question. So with with all the stuff that you've done, do you see a um a correlation between the two businesses and like where people struggle in their individual lives and uh, businesses are struggling? Is there like do you see like a, a commonality between the two of them?
2: I see a commonality in people. So, a lot of the same things that people struggle with in their life around food, strangely, business owners are the same. Mm. They have their it's it's the exact same thing. It's very weird. So, for example, let me give you a perfect example. If someone is thinking about getting changing their lifestyle, like they 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 like want to be a fit me client, they're like, I need to lose weight. I need to be healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And then I tell them, okay, let's let's do it. You want to be healthy. like Let's go right now. And they're like, oh my God, I got vacation next week. And then two weeks after that, I have a thing. And so it'll probably be better if we start in like six weeks or eight weeks. Like it's just our mind procrastinating. Something we know is going to be hard. So we don't want to do it. Yeah, so we why do off. today
4: what we can do tomorrow?
2: And so then I have to like put my coach hat on and be like, guess what? Like every season is like this. This is the pattern you've lived in for a long time. We have to do it now. Yeah. But what that we tend to actually have that same behavior pattern some people do in other places so i've noticed so if there's a crossover not from like the business side but from like the human side is that coaches and business owners of any kind tend to have that same exact problem i'm like hey i need you to go ahead and like put together your freebie and like let's set this stuff up and get this thing going right now you told me you need to get more people you need to you need, you want to talk to the people you have Let's do it. And then they'll tell me the exact same thing. Oh, but I got a vacation this weekend. And so then in two weeks after that, I'm going to do this. And it's like the same behavior pattern of like, I don't want to deal with something that's going to be hard, that I've never done before, that I'm likely going to struggle with. And so I'm going to put it off.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a human condition, right? Yeah. Do the bare minimum. But then I
2: have to be like a coach to them too and be like, do you hear yourself right now? You sound like a client.
1: It's interesting because it's also, it's a form of work and discipline. And when someone can be super successful in their life and be like, I'm, I'm very high position and I'm smart in my job and my career and my business. And I'm used to putting in work. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. I work five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week. I invented the nine day work week. But when it comes to sometimes your body and your diet and like working on yourself, it's the weekend. I got that vacation coming up.
3: Mm-hmm. And I
1: understand it. You're fucking worn out sometimes from work. Yeah. Yeah. sometimes it's like is that the society we live in that forces us to like you know yo-yo work 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 I'm gonna lay on the couch and just zone out yeah. to recover well,
0: I wonder if some of that is people don't have like uh, a process so work provides you a process typically if you're you're an employee yeah so you have sort of this idea of what you need to be doing and how to go the extra mile and because Americans have gotten so far away from uh, proper exercise and diet that Nobody knows what to do. Like, they're yeah. literally going, shit, I want to lose the weight. I want to change my life, but I don't know what to do. Yeah. I don't know where to start.
1: Yeah. Well, you're just so
0: and not if, involved. In that book, uh, The Obstacles the Way that we just read. Yeah. I think one of the chapters is on, like, having a process and understanding. Like, I think he even used jujitsu as a, as a metaphor yeah. where he's yeah. like, if someone has you inside control, you know there's a process <coughs> where you have to start getting a frame in, getting some breathing room, And you just sort of have to trust in the process and kind of work your way through it, even though it's hard.
1: Well, that's why the process is interesting, because it's like I've been involved with martial arts and this stuff. And like as coaches, I don't care what it is, you coach or you be around people and you see someone like I've seen so many young kids that are kind of getting into problems in their life and fucking up and being shitheads. And a parent throws them into jujitsu and it fixes their life so fast one, they fall in love with it, but I. two, I feel like they're living a life and they're not able to figure out how to make the right moves or how to progress forward. And when you do something as simple as jujitsu and you learn just fundamental base moves and you see progress that you can stop someone from mounting you by doing this or you can pass someone's guard by doing that. Like it breaks down life super simple and people want to get good at it. And then they try really hard to get a good at jujitsu and they start developing discipline. And once they get that discipline, they become better or kind of a phenom in the gym and they start to rise and they feel good about that. And now, they're making healthy lifestyle changes. They're cutting weight. They're getting more sleep. They're exercising. They're trying to get more money and just better everything in their life because they saw just little truths in life through jujitsu. Like those little paths of
0: well it changes the way they approach the rest of their life, right?
1: But it, they see that hard work, putting in the right. work in the right areas, yeah. leads to more leads success. Leads to an
0: effect. Right? Yeah. And so they start applying that. I'm not even sure if they do it consciously. Then there's a handful of uh, kind of younger guys I could name who are kind of, you just described what they're going through right now. And I don't even know if they realize that it's affecting the rest of their life. I think those just kind of become like, you just develop these sort of subconscious habits of how you conduct yourself when you're chasing something like you that. You think
1: you're oblivious and just the practice and the art of doing it puts I th- I you on
0: a path that kind of s- – yes, without even I th- thinking. I think you're very intentional of putting yourself on that path for the specific sport. Like, they're all into jiu-jitsu, but, like, even when I got out of the Army, like, the best thing I ever did was start racing mountain bikes because it gave me some – like, I never had, like, these veteran issues where – I think most PTSD is actually just a yearning to be back with the crew and have a, to have a mission and have a purpose and feel like you're doing something valuable. I think that, I think the guys who commit suicide, they're actually suffering from a lack of purpose. Did you read
2: the book Tribe? It's such a good book. Sebastian
0: Young. Um, (laughs) And so like starting to race mountain bikes and being, taking it seriously, I always had a reason to be fit to have a good diet. I was always, like, mechanically engaged out in the garage, like, wrenching on my bike, trying to figure out spring uh, spring rates on the suspension and just, just something to occupy my brain and then the physical side of it, going out and training, actually, riding these, you know, tough technical tracks, trying to become a better technical rider and then competing. And then competing was, you know, you had this cycle where you're, like, getting ready for the race and then competing at the race. And then you go back and you go back into the cycle of repairing your equipment. So was that making event, you a better person though? Doing I think it that? is. I think because you're, you're being very intentional toward that sport, but then that way of living sort of becomes just the way you do things. Yeah. So now I sort of approach. Um,
1: but you see that working on your bike and putting in extra effort and work makes you better knowledge about it, more enthralled in it. You just get involved with it. If you're like, I love this sport, but I'm never going to work on my bike, that wouldn't work. That right. somehow just wouldn't grow and make you better as a person or kind of change. But when I, you I, see people like prisoners, like what are we supposed to do with prisoners, right? We're supposed to rehabilitate them and give them a purpose. Here's a job. Here's something you can do. Drug addicts. I'm, well, I mean, this is in theory how I thought it used to work until what the streets look like currently. But it's like if you want to fix a person... And that's what I mean with jujitsu. I've seen so many kids that were getting into trouble and fucking up and you give them something that they can put in work and see the reward instantaneously from that. They apply that throughout yeah. their life. That, that's that's kind of my point condi- yeah
0: now I sort of approach a lot of things that way where like, think about like the classes at training Northwest. I'm almost, it takes me weeks and weeks and weeks to get ready for each class because I'm out building barricades or making sure that the berm is kind of repaired a little bit or tweaking or trying out and tweaking the different drills we run to make sure that they're, they're sort of fit the theme of the class. And it's that like prepare or, you know, uh, refit, prepare mission, refit, prepare mission. It's a cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And you can apply that to a lot of your life, whether it's sports work, blah, 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 blah.
3: Yeah.
1: Well, I think it's interesting, like, bringing this stuff, too, because we barely <laughs> or wait, wait, never... Did I
0: say I, refit, prepare, mission? I think I said refit, mission, prepare. I mean... I, I, I don't know. I'm a civilian. <laughs> I put stickers <laughs> uh, on. Uh, yeah. You could say it however yeah. you want. Refit, it sounds cool, dude. Refit, prepare, mission.
1: Blackhawk Down. Prepare, I hear you, buddy. <laughs> it sounds badass. But, like, talking about that stuff, we barely have a woman's perspective. And thank you for being a guest. And... It's rare to see girls in jiu-jitsu. It's a more male-dominated sport, let's be honest. But there's something about the girls that stick with it. Oh yeah. Like you get people that float through, but you I mean,
0: you, you I told to you downstairs
1: tough. you're Hang cool, what
0: but what I've said all along, the one thing I love most about the gym is anybody who lasts more than 6 months, you know they have grit and they're not faking it. Yeah. You can't you can't fucking fake it. So anybody who's been here more than six months and is still coming, it's like, all right, these people have true grit.
1: But not only grit, but you got bit by the bug. And I got bit by the bug in my early 20s. And I've kind of been on this fun journey. And to see girls that really, like, get enamored with it and also want to excel, and it kind of doesn't change Mm -hmm. your personality, but, like, your personality on the mat, is a lot different from the first time you came through this door and the times that I've for rolled sure. with you. Sure. And it's fun and it's like I wanna know why you've stuck with why you started it and why you've stuck with it and what you like about it.
2: Yeah, I I started it for different reasons. I think I started it because one, for some reason, I was fascinated because remember, I said I started coaching CrossFit downstairs eight years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, Greg was upstairs. Yeah. So I was exposed to seeing all these like people soaked in sweat come downstairs. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what in the yeah. heck? Looking is going like they've
0: been through the ringer.
2: On up there. Yeah. And then, but I was fascinated with the idea of it, yeah. even though I didn't know what, what it was. Um, and when I was.
1: Did you know it was like ninja stuff?
2: No, I knew what it was. I knew it was grappling, I knew it was like that. Yeah. And it always bothered me that I had gotten in really good shape and then I felt like I couldn't defend myself at all. Like zero. All I, show muscles, well, all what go I muscles. Felt like. I was like, oh, cool. I can throw 200 pounds over my head. That's cool. Yeah. But like also, I can't defend myself at all. God. Zero. I'm glad you have that realization though. Yeah.
1: That's growth. Yeah. 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 But that's, yeah, that's so, good.
2: But my original fascination was that I wanted to do it one day. Because even though I had kind of conquered some of my own bullshit around jujitsu, st- and again, I think all humans do this. We, we can d- deal with things in certain areas and then other areas were like, we, act, we go back to those bad behavior patterns. Yeah. So in terms of jujitsu, I was like, I'll do it one day. I can't do it because of my knee. And I had told myself that for years regarding exercise. I'm going to
1: really? be honest; that's a legitimate So, <laughs> <laughs> but even yeah. more reason you're a badass and why you've started and continued this.
2: That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't think I could do it because I was like, "There's my knee doesn't bend, and it, <laughs> nothing's holding it together." So I was like, "I can't do this." Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to, and the boys started first. And okay. So, um, yeah,
1: that's right. Logan was the, in kids class. The brief
2: story is that you know they started and I was pregnant with my daughter who's now four and I couldn't do it then that was clear yeah there was no excuses but I got to watch so what I what happened was I got exposed because I put my boys in it and so then I would just watch their classes and then I was like as soon as I have this baby I'm doing it <laughs>
1: really because what it just looked fun like
2: well I had wanted to
1: but like what when you watched well, I guess you are just watching kids' class. I was watching
2: kids' class. So was, was anyone
1: like, good? Were there any good kids? or like, No, I
2: mean, these were little kids. Just, it,
1: okay, yeah, and yeah, It was the
2: beginning of kids' class, I okay. think. So there wasn't a lot happening. But I told my—I had wanted to do it for years. I'd had this, like, feeling of, like, you're in good shape, but you don't know anything mm-hmm. about anything. And so I was like, I wanted to do it. And I, I also grew up very physical. Remember I said I played all the boys with all the boys. So yeah. I was comfortable with the play of wrestling. Like, my brother and I used to beat the crap out of each other. You know, like, that was, we used to play a game called Triangle with my sister, and it's like the last person standing wins. Like, so that was the play. (laughs) No way, really? Like, as a kid. Yeah. But, uh, would you win it all as a kid? Sometimes, yeah. I was the oldest. You're scrappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're You're
1: scrappy too. Yeah.
0: Um, As my brother got bigger. Did you guys play Smear the Queer in your generation? Oh, yeah. Okay.
4: The Red Rover, all that. Okay. Beat the shit out of Jordan. Yeah. They was, probably don't play
0: smear it. the queer. No, they, queer. Don't play, they, no, don't, they can't they say play that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably
3: for the best, you know? <laughs> my kids toss them that in, football
0: and let them go. My dude. kids came in last summer and they're like, Dad, we were just playing this game at the park where like whoever has the football, you just everybody tries to tackle them. And I was like, Oh, yeah, smear the queer. Yeah. And they were like, What? But they don't, so you can't say that it, <laughs> I, I know you can, can't but say
3: but this
1: stuff anymore, but like growing <laughs> we, up.
0: We kind of need to bring it back. I Yeah, we do. I'm not saying
1: bring it up. Or bring it back, but like I remember I went to public school, like, yes, first, second grade, and my I like I rode the bus. And I came home, and my mom's like, where the fuck did you learn all these words? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Smir the Queer. And I, I mean, uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to yeah. get flagged or anything, but, oh, yeah. dude, the stuff that you just learned that kids would say,
3: yeah.
1: it's not like anyone was I'm racist always- or anything. It was just, dude, they're little what kids thinking said. the
2: craziest so fucking thing. To be thing. fair, I played that game. I called it that game forever. <laughs> the, the part of me that's different now is my sister is married to a woman. Right. And so there was some really? point in my life. Where I get it. I get like, it. <laughs> and then, Please. Right. And yeah, so, go for it. I don't So the reason that I stopped saying that is not because of the word queer. It's because of the smearing of the queer. To me, I like think of my sister and I'm like, Did, do people really want to like fucking smash her face? I because actually, she's see, gay? that's the thing
4: is like, that's not that's
1: not it at all. I got to go to the M&M M- defense. M&M M- 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 defense. I'm not using it to say gay.
2: I don't think so either. So but what I'm saying is that's why I don't say By it. By definition,
0: is a queer person someone different from the others. So if one boy has sure. a football and five don't. Listen, but doesn't that, queer
1: just mean odd? But, yes. yeah. but
2: society-wise,
1: it means gay.
2: But what yeah. I'm saying is I hear you. I know. I, I know. I played that game. I I love I said that forever. Yeah. And and, but now I'm just I just think about things different because I just imagine if I said that in front of her, what she would feel like.
1: Just say we're gonna play hit the heterosexual. (laughs) (laughs) It's my new favorite game. And it's awesome.
2: (laughs) Smear the street people. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hammer and heterosexuals. Yeah. Fucking breeders.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh dear God!
1: Uh, I'm sorry. That yeah. got derailed. Well, uh, jujitsu. I took that way
0: off course. It's I'm fine. Sorry. So,
2: anyways, as I, Mike would say, I'm
0: sorry, podcast America. We were yeah. talking cruise yes. to dude.
2: So I watched them do jujitsu. The the boys, my boys, and was pregnant, and then I was like, I still want to do this. This is a thing I want to try. And so after I had Georgia, I was three months postpartum. I started with the kids class. Damn. And I was very were you much eager. No. You're intimidated. It wasn't intimidated. I didn't like it. What year was that? I uh, don't this remember when you... Oh, sorry.
0: Go ahead. Go
4: I, ahead, Jordan, What are you saying? I, I've heard that from two uh, people now.
2: They didn't like it. Didn't but, like but
4: it, but knew it. they needed to do it.
2: That well. is my first six months. You know what? I, I
0: would say I did not like the first couple months of being a white belt because you're, you're sore in weird places during the day. And you're just coming in here and getting fucking smashed. Well, I remember like, where you were like, like, I don't
4: know, I don't know if I'm going to do this because you kept yeah. your back kept getting. Yeah, just sorry. everything well, about and you. And then you have injuries, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> such a fuck. pussy, dude.
0: Yeah, do I really want to be doing this to myself
3: right yeah. now? Yeah,
2: the part that and no, then, you don't. No
3: but one you wants you get to.
0: through to the point where you learn to relax. Yeah, and you you're not getting weirdly sore because you're not spasming out every single muscle in your body trying to. Do all that white belt spazzy shit, right? I like, everybody did it. Like, you that's learned, the other you learned to put some your people body don't in the want right to admit position. that Mike Kozak had to have been a spazzy white belt at some point. No.
3: I oh, can, yes, you did. Spazzy for- white
1: belt was called middle school wrestling. Okay. School, and I, I got into introduced in that, and then I wrestled through middle school into high uh, school, and I quit. Yeah, I didn't think about that. And then, you guys both know, wrestled. And then I started MMA at, like, George, 22. Jordan was a
0: spazzy white belt at, like, three years old. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> it wasn't because it was, like, for the first six months, like, yeah, you get hurt, like you said, and you're sore, Yeah, all those things. It wasn't, that wasn't the reason. The reason I didn't like it was because I had, there was a certain degree of fear associated with why I joined. Okay. So I wasn't afraid to do the things. It was the feeling of, like, sort of dealing with that that was the thing. I did not like it. I did not like being choked. I did not oh, yeah. like being smothered or pressed.
1: You're like, this sport sucks, but I need to do it?
2: I don't know.
4: Well, was it the defense thing? You Because you were, you were scared of... Because you you're, all should shoot guns. Like, it's an innate I don't
2: shoot guns, though, because I didn't shoot guns for the exact same reason. I was terrified. I, I have, yeah, but you I did I have that video chaos. evidence did, yeah, that you,
0: says you do shoot fucking guns. And you
2: did guns and geese, no, right? Yeah, that, 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 last, exact, that last okay, video four, that just though. went up... These are Christy, identical. You're, you're
0: shooting like a pro.
2: Listen, so it's this is an awesome. identical scenario. Okay, so in both cases, I'm not like a, typic, I'm not like a particularly fearful woman. I, I say like I represent probably the average of like being aware that you're Potentially, like always in danger. To knowing that, like you should be self-aware. Like you know,
1: I feel it too. Right. I could so. only imagine, but <laughs> yeah, that's normal. You should.
2: But I, th- because of that, I think women live in this. Sometimes, not all women. There's certain things that just fear, like feel fearful, and it's easier to not think about it. Yeah, to not deal with Block it. Yeah. I'd rather yeah. not yeah. A head, head that in that the that's sand. Thing. Yes. yes. Oh, let
0: me tell you. Yeah.
2: And so I. F- What I was aware of was the head in the sand. And that's what created the, like, tension there for me. Mm -hmm. Because I was completely aware that I was oblivious to the universe. Mm -hmm. And that I was always just the, like, perfect dodo bird to be a victim. Because I I really was. I I was just in la-la land. I imagine everybody's awesome. Nobody's going to hurt me. I'm just cruising. Well, I mean, in a way, that's... I mean, we should... (sighs) As I, much as we, touch that my YouTube. wife
0: listens to this episode, and
2: and I remember I picked people off at the side of the road. I'm like, get in the car, I'll drive you to the place. I just oh, have sure. no, no, and that was I did that when I was in my 20s. But like, I, I knew that about myself though, and so it was yeah. that's what created the tension. I was like, you are just dumb dumb, like moving through the universe, and so that was part of why I was like, I need to do something to be able to at least do the best that I can, like whatever that is. And so I always wanted to do jujitsu. I was always wanting to learn to take care of myself that way. Pistols, guns, firearms, almost identical. Terrified, rather head in the sand, don't want to look at it, don't want to touch it, don't even want it near me. And the funny thing is in the Navy, I had to carry a, a pistol, so in that, I think actually increased some of my fear around firearms because, because of my job in the Navy, I was an, I was a surface warfare officer, so I drove ships, so I had to carry a pistol when I was standing watch. Well, I did, got qualified.
0: Hang on. Was it symbolic or did it actually have? Oh, ammunition? Oh no, it was that,
2: a real pistol.
0: Wait, hang on. Did it have ammunition? Yes, yeah, yes, okay. it was
2: loaded. So the did whole, you get
0: training and stuff, or they're one just day, like,
2: one day of training.
1: I mean, that's half a day more than you need.
2: Right. So, I got taken out the very first time and they they would literally be like, "Here you go, ma'am." And they would like hand put the gun in my hand and I would do the thing that I was supposed to do, <laughs> terrified of this thing cuz yep. I'd never shot before. And then that was it. So, there was my one day of training was. What was, was your done. job in
1: the Navy? I'm sorry. I, I drove right.
2: ships. So, I was yeah. a surface warfare officer. You're, You're a captain? Uh, no, I wasn't you- a captain, but I was in the like <laughs> The hey, pipeline. She was a captain. <laughs>
4: cat- she was a <laughs> I was captain.
2: Captain Bullshit! I was in that, <laughs> like, if I had stayed in the Navy for a career, then yes, that one day that would have yeah. been, like, the path. You, you no way. The, I was a yeah. baby, you know, ship So driver. you got to carry,
1: if you pilot the ship, you get to carry a sidearm?
2: No, so not underway. <laughs> so what it was is when the ship would pull into port, the officers had to stand watch on the, like, the, oh, oh, where oh. the ship meets the pier, yep. okay. somebody stands watch there. Yeah. Oh, you'd be officer. on guard? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's the insanity. Okay. The fact that I was on <laughs> <laughs> Here's Yeah.
0: Here's
3: a
2: bazooka and make sure no one gets cost, here.
0: A couple hundred million dollars? <laughs> one, like, Christy, <laughs> one little 23-year-old <laughs> We're giving you two bullets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're like, here. no, It's. it gets even worse. So like... <laughs> That was my job was to stay and watch there. So totally. I would go to the armory. I mean, I don't think any of this is like secret stuff, right? I'm like no, I'm talking no. about normal you're, shit, you're right? Fine. Like I would go to the armory and they would be like, here you go, ma'am. And I would like stick it in the holster. And then that was it. I didn't touch it. I didn't know how to handle was it. Was there nothing. one in
1: the chamber? They just gave it to you. With
4: I'm the sure magic? there was
2: one in the chamber because the only instruction we had was if you pull your weapon, you're shooting somebody. Yeah. Because we weren't supposed I, to I touch it. I bet there
4: wasn't. I guarantee there wasn't. Yeah. yeah.
2: We weren't supposed no. to touch oh, it. <laughs> all it's you a terrorists
1: show gun. listening,
2: this is, <laughs> this is all it takes to get onto
0: a United States. Uh, oh I'm oh. about to get a lot of trouble. But I
2: stood um, top mm. deck watch with a with a a rifle, with yeah, a yeah, shotgun, not a rifle, A shotgun, oh, not oh. even a rifle. Excuse me. Jeez. Oh, bird hunting. Where are we stationed? <laughs> yeah. Are we
1: still in Florida? There's good duck hunting down there. So
2: that's all. Like point is, is that I would the fear of firearms came from. Carrying one, having no clue what to do with it, right? Yeah. and then I would knowing the possibilities
4: there and not having yeah. the ability to deal with anything.
2: And I'm not, I'm not representing the entire navy <laughs> here. Probably, right. I think you're doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> <People> <laughs> Special
1: <laughs> forces, Christy. Yeah.
2: people probably have better training than me. I mean, like certainly there are love I degrees. Hope so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, of course.
2: To which people carried firearms. <laughs> it, I was the last. I guess what I'm saying, and he knows. Like there's. Different levels of like it's exposure just, to combat. This is your experience. This is perfect though. <laughs> okay. I love
1: it. No, this is a good no, this is the right. I this is great podcast.
4: Right <laughs> so, here.
2: so, anyways, I would literally hand the gun back to the gunner's mate and he'd clear it for me. Like, you're, I was terrified. You you if Jesus, you guys, you guys can Jesus see the way, the way she's holding her hands, it's so good. <laughs> Pour it out. I Please, would sir. I was
0: <laughs> you know, like take this. Take this thing away from me before exactly. it bites me.
2: That was the last time I touched yeah. a gun before I went to Guns and Geese. You're shitting okay. me.
0: No yeah. way. No. Wow. So, awesome. so, was the Guns and Geese you did out here?
2: No, I went to... I went you I did went to Louisiana? Louisiana? I went to Louisiana, and okay. part, the reason Ooh, I went is because the- I didn't want to go.
0: You went with Rachel, didn't you? I did. Uh, tell,
2: tell us. So, I want to hear this story. I didn't want to yeah. go. I was not signed up. I was like, I'm not doing that. Well, In-
0: real quick, guys. Yeah. Guns and Geese is... <laughs> Run by Greg Anderson, who owns Electric North Jiu-Jitsu, where we're sitting right now. And his friend, Greg Lappin, who owns a gym down in Louisiana. Vita. Vita Jiu-Jitsu.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: they run a three-day course. Uh, and? Where if you register. Joao. And Joao. Joao. Joao is six-time is world Huntington champion. Beach, electric Jiu-Jitsu, yep. out of Huntington Beach. Yep. Yep. So it's an immersion course in pistol shooting. and, Or I should say an immersion slash beginner's course in Jiu-Jitsu and pistol shooting. And it's well worth your time signing up. We're running a couple rounds out here this year in uh, the Snohomish County area. We'll be shooting on the Training Northwest Range and then rolling here at Electric North. So, uh, Christy, go ahead. With a
1: full sauna and ice bath and
0: an archery range and sign up,
1: overbook it.
0: And we have a competition on night two to see who can rub Mike down in bear grease the fastest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I have a massage table, so I'm there looking forward go. to this. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, Christy. Continue.
2: No, um, that's perfect lead-in. I mean... <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's good fun right there. That's a good co-host. We got a regular here.
2: So... I went to Guns and Geese because I didn't want to go to Guns and Geese. Yeah. Awesome. That was the only reason. Yeah. I did not want to go. Uh, again, I'm sensing
4: I, a pattern with
2: you. <laughs> <little bit>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I... Uh, Can I talk <laughs> to
4: you about cocaine?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I uh, didn't want to go. I didn't want anything to do with it. And again, it wasn't like I was like anti-firearms. I just had this fear. I didn't understand them. I didn't... I had no... I just was afraid. That yeah. is just as simple as it was.
1: So... Um, Once again, like saying... I feel vulnerable as a woman. Yeah. You should feel vulnerable and scared around firearms. Like you're recognizing danger and addressing it, which is empowering you.
2: And then you put a gap though of exposure and not having exposure and knowledge. Then you've got like a recipe of fear. Disaster.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Fear. Well, so it's interesting. You're saying this as a woman and having that, um, that experience where I feel like it's almost polar opposite with some guys. Mm-hmm. Because there's like, oh, I know oh, how to God. use a yeah. gun, yeah. and I can grab this, and I can do yes, what I need to is. do. And I was that dumb guy that I'm 21 years old, I can have a gun. My mom's like, you're gonna carry a gun? Like, All right, mom. You know, <laughs> yeah. <I'm just> like, <laughs> and no training right. for for the longest time. And you know, and guys coming into jiu-jitsu thinking that they can. Oh, right. I'm gonna run the mat. I mean, look at
2: there's right away. There's Listen like a him. Bl- you know it's, a it's, other it's, side of yeah, the yeah. And it's
4: just it's cool to hear somebody like I was afraid of this and that's why i did it versus yeah. i'm gonna kick some ass well
2: it was bad the first the first session because you know they teach you all the safety things you know they spend quite a while um greg Lappin taught all the safety stuff but then it was go time and in my class there were a handful of people who were in swat like law enforcement like at higher they were they knew what they were doing and then we had like two or three like hunters geared up you know i was like oh my god <laughs> like this is hang on.
0: Don't don't judge someone's skill by their gear. Right. Because the guy who shows up in a flannel shirt and some blue jeans, he, he might. the guy. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. But uh, the first shooting that we did, and again, it came from a holster. That was also terrifying, right? Like actually having to draw a pistol if you've never done that. Yeah. There's just a lot of
0: it's a lot It's a lot of moving parts. Stuff. Yeah. Eh. As opposed
2: to someone handing it to you, which is, again, what I had. Somebody gave uh, it to yeah. me, yep. right? And. This is a whole different situation. (laughs) Jesus hands here. But I think uh, we did the first shooting drill because it really was like a series of drills. And I was shaking. Mm -hmm. And Greg Anderson stood behind me and he was like, are you okay? And he was not being a dick. He was asking me like, hey,
1: hey, you okay? He's like, are you okay? And
2: then, but I did it. Like I mind over matter, you know, like. I did the thing and just like put it back, and then yeah. I had an adrenaline dump and I cried. And I was <laughs> so. Mad. Yeah.
3: You know what though,
1: I I've, I've cried on the
0: range too. I can relate. It's an amazing experience, Christy. The, the first you time someone proud. The baby. first time someone told me to go ahead and go cyclic on that fifty, I I let a single tear <laughs> yeah. roll
2: down the side of my face. Thank I you, hate, Jesus. I hate that. Like it wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm so sad. It was an adrenaline dump, and that expresses for yeah. me but, yeah, I, but i've
0: seen that good. now good for our, you
2: fucking that's yeah. a great you should yeah.
1: push your body and boundaries and experiences like going deep in the woods putting yourself in fights like sanction not on the street like doing climbing mountains these things that f- put fear in your heart but you're still like that's i'm going to your, rise that's to how this you build occasion your spirit yes
0: yeah, yeah. and uh i see that a lot in the not a lot but a handful of Uh, Gals have done the same thing in the ladies only class where a couple of them had never touched a gun before in their life And Mm -hmm. so within you know inside of 30 minutes now we're putting one in their hand and then they're firing their first rounds down range and the exact same thing where they had to like Step offline and like have a little cry because it was just too adrenaline dump but then by the end of the class they're the ones having the most fun because it's like they let it all out, they let all that fear go, like all <laughs> yeah. that tension go, purged, and then they came back to the line. Yeah. And by the end, they're like, they're the ones with the biggest smiles. And they're mm. laughing. They're like, oh, I my need God. more
3: ammo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I give me more. <laughs> give me more. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think it is if you are if you genuinely push through a fear. And and women hate that, by the way. So just know that if when they cry because of an adrenaline dump, it is the most infuriating thing. They are literally mad while it's happening because it. Happens <laughs> oh, a woman cries.
1: I run so to the next
0: room. Is, is that the time to start poking little jokes out of? <laughs> no, no. What I mean is
2: like when you're like when a woman is sad. That's one thing. She's crying. She's yeah. sad. When a woman cries because she's in an argument, she's mad that, yeah. at herself. That this is the expression of yeah. the emotion.
3: All right.
0: It Good tip. I'm gonna go ahead. Mm. And yeah, thank I'm you. Gonna, yeah, write that down. <laughs> yeah, write that one down. It is.
2: It is infuriating to women. But
0: all right, no. Maybe mind. more <laughs> like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to use this as a ninja
1: skill. Sorry. <laughs> um, maybe I'm figuring things out so about it, women.
0: So guns and geese.
2: Guns and geese was similar to joining jujitsu. Was just dealing with my own bullshit. Got it. But I liked it enough that I wanted to do the second one, mostly for exposure again because. It was rifle, and I'd never shot a rifle. Actually, same same situation. I have shot a rifle. Someone handed it to me in the Navy, and I qualified. You know, ar fifteen, right? And I was, then I, I did my set, quals. I was going to
0: ask when you came out for the second one. Was it really? In, was it more intimidating with the rifle, or was it about the? Was it just the same hump to get over again?
2: It was not the same hump. It was much. You got more it doable. on the first one, it, yeah. Okay. Okay. And it, there was just bigger gap of because with a pistol, I felt like after a few things, I knew what to do with the rifle. I felt like there were steps that I had to remember yes. and the safety and the situations, There's more control. the safety, yeah.
1: just learning a safety and manipulating okay. it properly on, on an AR. On, on. It, yep. it, it, it's, it's its own task. So there was yeah. like
2: three things to do. And then I was like, okay, so, but that I, but I did not have the same like big fear, you know, yeah. overcome, but I did take that class so that I would be informed. Yeah. yeah. Because I have people in great, my life that, that I love. Let
0: me, let me interrupt there, because that's a great way to put it, is don't expect to go to a firearms class for a day or three days and come out of there as an expert. Expect to come out of there informed. and that's I think that's maybe the biggest thing we're dealing with, with, like, uh, Second Amendment rights mm-hmm. issues, is that so many people are just uninformed. Mm-hmm. So they hear, like, oh, my God, it's so dangerous. And, but when you actually – it is, da- and you hit on this earlier, Mike – it's very dangerous if, it's, if a gun is sitting there and you don't know what to do with it and you're not familiar with it and you don't know how to handle it. But if you are familiar with guns and you know how to handle them and you have a few basic safety rules and, and you know just things that you know, like when I pick it up, I check to see if it's loaded. No. That's what I do. Regardless of even if Mike just checked it before he handed it to me, I always check it anyway, just so I confirm. No. But there's all these things that you do that now it's, now it's not dangerous. And you can make the difference between whether that thing is dangerous or not. Yeah. No.
2: And I have people in my life that I love dearly and respect on very different sides of that issue. Mm-hmm. Oh, we And all I felt do. uninformed. Mm-hmm. But and they, so, I,
0: I would wager that they are also uninformed.
2: So I, I think so, because do in you feel, my mind... Do you
0: feel being in the Navy gave you, like...
1: I know it scares you, but you're okay enough with guns to do, like, th- shooting classes. Mm-mm, Did mm-mm. that...
2: Have, i wasn't like a take away your guns person but i was like i don't want to see it i don't want to touch it i don't want to hear my kids yeah like because i was afraid of it i didn't understand
0: yeah, look, yeah. Look, and that's another point is my kids know all these rules so my kids know there's, there's a couple things a my kids have no reason to go to another like when they're running around the neighborhood and they're in everybody else's house if one of the other kids was like hey my dad keeps a gun in the closet do you want to see it my kids would say no because right. my dad has guns, and he lets us look at them anytime we want. Yeah. So mine are, mine are always under lock and key in a safe. But, at, but the rule is anytime the boys want to get them out and look at them, the answer is yes. Yeah. Because that way, there's no stigma where they need to, like, go sneak around to somebody else. Like, they're like, yeah, we've seen a pistol. And my, it's not that exciting. But ex- they also know
4: to leave.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, that, leave. So
0: then they know that. But then they And then the last thing they do know is if you come across a gun, leave it alone. But also if for, for whatever reason you have to pick it up mm-hmm. what's the first thing you do open the bolt see if it's unloaded make sure it's on safe check the, you know what i mean they now they have all they have all these different again trust the process yeah. they have all these different processes like if a then b okay that didn't work now we're moving to c now, okay now we have to pick it up now we need to check it check the safety you know what i mean they have these process, in safe direction they have yeah. these processes Constant. to just sort of work through that takes all the danger out of
4: the situation. Yeah. That's why I think they should teach uh, gun safety in schools. Yes, they should. They
2: definitely should teach it in 100%. schools.
4: 100%. Because you're going to come. <laughs> they mo- should
1: teach gun offense gun in yeah.
4: school. <laughs> 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 I hate, hate to say it, yeah. but. I mean, yeah. that's, uh, that, that, would, that would take away some of the stigma. But, I mean, there's people who don't want the stigma gone. But it would take away... There's some
2: some who they're never going to change their mind. But I think a lot of people, more like what you were saying, where... It's practical. You just don't know. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I took that course. But are they not going to change their mind because they don't
1: have that information? Or are they not going to change their mind just because they're always going to be against guns? Are the people that are... There's people
0: that are ideologically against them that you're never changing their mind. But... Anybody, even if they're ideologically against it, you so can still change. Though? Hang on, you can still make them at least understand that it's not dangerous to them if you give them a foundational sort of safety and best practices handling. I, I have
2: this like general hope for like the middle chunk of people to be like pretty reasonable. Yes, yeah, I really believe that is it, the and so yeah. I think like when you are talking about extremes, just whatever, like yeah. just yeah, game over, right?
0: Eighty percent of us like if you can show us practical examples we're like oh, okay yeah, or I get if it.
2: you could introduce someone to someone that yeah. you you're like and i know could like i told you guys my sister she's she's gay but she worked in gay politics and that's one of the things that she realized was most people when they're like well how would you feel about this if it was your you know whoever all of a sudden it changes cuz somebody you know so like most people are like reasonable when they start to think about it, they're like yeah actually that doesn't impact me at all like whatever right yeah. So I think even with firearms, it's very similar. It's like there's a whole chunk of people who might fall right, like, if you just asked them on the spot, nobody should have any guns, right? Like, take those all away. It sounds terrible, but when presented with information, would understand it differently.
0: Or and pre- presented with practical experience.
2: Or experience, or exposure, or just yeah. a deeper conversation than, like, a stupid headline yeah. with... Things that are made to make people get riled up, yeah. Just right? no that, information with yeah. talking heads. Right.
0: I, I actually have a conspiracy theory guns that guns no, guns guns will never be banned because the Dem- it would be awful for the Democratic Party. if guns, guns were guns. banned because it's a great platform to run mm. on every four years. So if, if a gun ban were ever to actually go into effect, then Democratic candidates, you I feel, I feel pretty banned right now myself. Pretty banned. I think it'll get reversed though. You can't I, I ban
1: them, so too, but, but Pete, you have to admit. Fucking people are abusing guns. There's something wrong in there's, there's the a world a mental health at issue. the yeah. moment a where guns are being issue.
0: used as the tool of Are you the turning into Mike Zedong again? Because we're going to fuck you up. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Mike Zedong <laughs> yeah, will put, always be
4: here. Put Mike Zedong back in his <laughs> box. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm
1: just saying, like, you know, I love guns. I support guns. But it is a tool that people, through mental health, are, like... And, and here's the thing. You're always going to have access to guns. You can't take the guns away from America. But I, so there we need more emphasis on the people that are doing these things. Responsible. Or freedom, like,
0: freedom comes with a heavy load of responsibility. Yes. And so it's a want, burden. Yeah. Heavy if wears a want, crown. If you want the freedom to own guns, then you need to be a responsible gun owner. And that means maintaining positive control of your shit at all times. Yeah. So like... But I have, I have my concealed carry pistol that's in my waistband, and it's with me Dude, when I'm out and about. Guns right However, here. <laughs> every single other gun that I own is in a fucking 400-pound safe. Yes, because exactly. They they go two places: they go on me, or they go under lock and key. Yeah, and that is that. There are no exceptions, because yeah. that's how you be a like responsible I said, gun owner. Freedom is a burden. And it yes. comes with a lot of responsibility. And so you have to manage that responsibility if you want to maintain your freedoms. And that's what's so frustrating about America today is so many people want, they, they want to be dependent. They're like, fuck it. I just want my state assistance and my food stamps. And you're not taking the responsibility to actually provide your own life. And that's what makes you dependent on the state. And- God damn it! That that's kind of the reason I started training Northwest is I'm so sick of seeing people who because because they don't understand a firearm because they don't train at a boxing gym or a jujitsu gym, they're looking to the police for their safety and their security. That's one of your four uh, tenets of uh, uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs: food, water, shelter, safety. Right? Yeah. And because if, if you don't have safety, you don't have any of the first three. Yeah. Um, and so many people are just. Their answer is, well, we would we would call the police.
4: Yeah. Well, we how, would call the police. It, how but many? I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, how ahead. many? With with what Christy was saying, like how many people just don't want to deal with the anxiety and stress of learning those those things? Right, because it's the, easier. But the reality to is, dig? in the end, it alleviates stress because now you've added
0: a capability and a tool to your toolbox to deal with the situation that's causing you anxiety. Yeah. You went through something that caused you a little more anxiety, mm-hmm. but in the end, A, you realize that this, this uh, stigmatized firearm isn't that scary. Mm-hmm. B, now I know how to use it and employ it to my own uh, uh, defense. And C, now I've alleviated this overarching fear of being attacked or being harmed or just needing to provide safety for my family. Now, now you've alleviated that anxiety as well. Mm-hmm. So every time you pick up some sort of new skill, it, and it doesn't matter whether it's fighting with fucking bo staffs, <laughs> nunchucks, <laughs> or, or uh, you know, doing something at work, like becoming a better employee at work, because that increases your job security. So, like, when I was an electrical apprentice, I busted my ass to try to be, I was, I was like, you know what? I want to be the best journeyman in the fucking state when I turn out, because that guy is valuable no matter where he goes. And I will al- if I can be the best journeyman in the state, I will always have a job wherever I go. Because yeah. you, can't, you can't not have that person around. And So that just adding more skill to my repertoire, like more niche knowledge, like hospital systems or uh, whatever specialized systems to my sort of repertoire, it just alleviated that, that overarching fear. Because I came up through the, the recession, so people were getting laid off, and it was like, if you get laid off, you're not coming back to work for years because nothing's on the horizon. So it's like, man, if, if I can just be you know, so proficient at the job that I don't have to worry about layoff, then I can alleviate that that anxiety of, of not having income. Through a little bit more hard work. Yeah, exactly, by, by trying harder. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is like
1: you started your own business, and it's like, okay, I just need something to do, and you're, well, with, not saying you're, Not good at other things, but you're like, I know firearms very well. I'm going to start this business and I'll get paid for firearms. But the more you talk about it and the more it grows, it is not like a gun training company. No, it is. It is more of like teaching people like where shortcomings are, where efficiency can be increased where and that's sorry we sidetrack we go everywhere but that's where it goes into like the guns and geese and getting exposure what you guys are not only showing through these like training here's how to grapple here's how to shoot but it's also showing you like as much as you navigate this world and maybe you do great in certain areas you're going to have deficiencies in other areas and what you think you can do and what you can actually do are two different things and the things that provide us the most fear in life are fear stronger people getting robbed, losing money, being a loser, all these factors. And when you expose yourself to these mega doses of things like a jujitsu or shooting or climbing mountains or pushing whatever your hobby is, you're a bull rider, you want to become a doctor because you really want to fix people or just you're pushing whatever it is it's it's that's that's an aspect that doesn't get taught in school it doesn't get taught in like you you it, learn that on a wrestling mat with a team it
0: gets stifled in school yeah. it gets stifled in schools but you know what you're you're that's perfect i love everything you just said um and that goes back to like why you need to build your warrior spirit and there's there's a handful of ways to do it but all these um shit I've said from the beginning, we're not teaching firearms. We're teaching life skills using firearms as a medium. Yeah, and and
4: you nailed it. Yeah. Um, once you I, once you find the pecking order in life, and the things like this kind of open up your eyes to where your abilities truly lie, and it's it's scary not knowing if you can defend yourself in a fight. Well, I imagine it's scary yeah. to you know not know if you're going to have a job because. You're not really pushing it to learn that skill. Yeah. It's scary, like all those things are scary. And then, like, because of that, people just kind of crumple. Yeah. you know. But when you push past it, like you're saying, you push past the fear, and you got in there, and now, now you know, like, you're not going to be able to just beat the shit out of a 200 pound man. No, you know that. But you also know who you could. Or how you could potentially do that, yeah. Right. I so, or like you just, or just well, to, if a if moment else, to get away, separation. Yeah, yeah, from He's, a two hundred yeah. pound you've, man. Well, you've cr- you found your limitations and you've seen where you succeed. So, like it, it just it gives you that pecking order of where you lie in the world. Same with like a gun, like awareness also. So where
0: uh, when we talk about like concealed carry and how to keep yourself safe when you're out in everyday life, awareness is probably more important than anything. So even just having that awareness, like look at Jordan be like, I can't fight that guy. That's, that's actually, I've just elevated, like my tactical situation just got a little better because mm-hmm. I just identified someone who I should not get in a fist fight I think with. that
2: that's probably one of the things that I observed that I didn't know was going to happen from jiu-jitsu was the awareness of people's bodies around me. Yeah. Ooh. Nailed it. Yeah. Because it was the, it was, (laughs) (laughs) that's what's changed. Because before, again, like I was aware of it, but I couldn't do anything about it because I just lived in La La Land. Yeah. Who was behind, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I just moved like that. I probably still do sometimes. But what changed from jujitsu was like, I could feel you there Mm -hmm. and I couldn't before. Uh, yeah, or do you are standing awareness. closer to me than I yeah. than I like. Okay, what do, what do you think hey that is? What do you think that is?
0: I have a theory. I bet that, like earlier, you like Mike and I rolled before you guys showed up. And uh bear grease alone with the dark. Uh, yeah. Jordan dark came, in came in here. The lights,
1: lights weren't on. The word "smear the queer" might have been used by Jordan, and I don't promote that kind of speech. So <laughs> <laughs> let's continue the podcast. It's Cindy Lauper on the stereo. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to time. Hall and Oates on the way here. I love Hall Notes. and Oates.
0: Sarah smile. <laughs> 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 but there, there was a point where he went to throw a leg over to to mount. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I spend a lot like, of
2: time telling people that jiu is not gay and you're yeah, ruining it
0: know, right yeah. <laughs> We're so gay at, no, at no point did we make eye contact. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can't when your eyes are closed. But it was like I felt his hip move and I knew to throw my knee up and block his block his leg. Whereas it just takes, I think that through learning those physical cues where you're like literally body to body, mm-hmm. that probably starts to expand your... Uh, like extra extra physical yes. sort of awareness you of know, you of start of to feel else.
4: where people are like three foot away from you. Yeah,
2: have you ever have you ever watched someone who has like a physical capability like but they are a true beginner so maybe they're deadlifting for oh, the yeah. first time like then, like a w-
0: athletic whiteboat
2: and then 6 months later they are lifting like a big amount of weight yeah. because yeah. the gap there was so big for them so they make unusual progress right because they started so far back yeah. and then that that's what i felt like
3: mm-hmm.
2: i felt that's like right. i was super far back like not even just regular amount and so when when i felt like all of a sudden i had some degree, I, I, I feel like even calling that a fact that I have situational awareness is, is like generous right now still, but I went from negative to feeling someone standing next to me or near me, that felt like night and day. Yeah. So
1: what do you think that is, though? Because, like, you went from not having jujitsu to having jiu-jitsu, and what you're doing is you're constantly getting smothered. You're feeling someone's energy and their strength. As much as you feel what they're doing, you know someone's tone or how they're coming into this role. When you slap them, bump and you start to go, it's like you kind of feel what their energy is. And I've, I, 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 I hear what you're saying, like... Eyes on your back, looking at you, just knowing where people are. When you get used to having bodies very close on you, you get a very, you get a much broader picture of just of just people touch. in the room around you and where people are. And is that just like you're de- you're not desensitized, but you know what it's like to have people around you? Or is that giving you more of an awareness of energies of people?
2: I feel like it could be three things, to be honest. Ghosts. Three. One, energy, right? Like if yeah. you are just more aware of people, you can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> we had an energy surge. Yes, an energy surge. Um, the first piece, so the second, the easier one is reps. I just feel yeah. like if, you, if somebody grabs you enough times and you start to figure out like, yeah. you know, that's what's going to happen to you. So, you, and again, if somebody pushes you enough times, you're going to start to feel like what that feels like. So reps, I think, turn into understanding how far away you 100% reps. Are.
1: That's everything, um, yes.
2: But then the first thing, at least for me, and I don't know if men experience this the same way. I would assume that some do, depending on what their background is. But my first couple of months of jiu-jitsu were, again, they were uncomfortable because muscles hurt and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But I literally had this huge fear spike. Oh, And and I'm fortunate I don't have, you know, you know, knock on wood, I I don't have any violent trauma in my past. But it didn't matter. If I was being choked, my heart rate went through the roof. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah. And so it was Uh like this feeling of like what's going to happen, you know, or, and so the. The play of grappling felt fun to learn, but the submissions—I didn't even want anybody to try them. You uh, know, it was like I'm afraid yeah, yeah. of submissions. So then, as I got more comfortable with that feeling and dealing with it, and then my heart rate could stay lower, and that took months and months. Stress and months
0: inoculation and months. is yeah. yeah. I, I think that ninety nine percent of people who don't come like think about training, and then don't come in. It's because of exactly that. Is they they don't mind the. The grappling and the kind of rolling around and the sweating on each other—it's that fear of that moment where you're like, "Oh my god!" If if I know I'm in a gym and I could tap out, but if someone did this to me on the street, they'd kill me.
2: And so, yeah, I think it's that I'm not like that. The worse the submission, the less I wanted to do it. Yeah, I didn't want to do it to you. I don't want you to do it to me. I just didn't want anything to do with it. It was very—that was my first gun in the holster. That was my first six months. Honestly, I wanted to play. I liked the the play of who were your first roles. So, it was funny because, again, I was doing kids' class. So... <laughs> what are you, Kramer from Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah. doing karate over here? So, so I would... Uh, the the guy teaching kids' class, his wife
1: yeah. was
2: there and would often help.
1: Who'd you go with?
2: It was Joe's wife, Kat.
1: Br- oh, Joe. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And so, I would learn with her, or there was usually at least one other mom who I could drill with. And then, at the end of class, I would do roles with her. Okay. So, when I was doing that, I still don't think I had the bug that you were talking about. And I, in, in as much as you're giving me credit for it now, of like putting myself in that uncomfortable place, I was not there yet. I was definitely just like make myself show up, but like probably not doing this, you know, place. And then uh, COVID happened. So then world shut down just for a little while, right? For, you <laughs> yeah. know. Uh,
1: two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks around here. That sounds about right.
2: But we were home for a couple of months before I reached out to Greg it was early summer that I was like I got to get these kids back in jiu-jitsu like you know we've been home for a couple months now like they got to go back and so you know what it was even before that it was a couple of months before that that I brought them back for a class like a impromptu kids class and are you listening for something music yeah there was, it was an impromptu kids class and at the end of the day I there was a, a situation that happened and I don't really need to go into it I talked about it on Tyler's podcast and I, I always feel like I'm like gossiping or saying bad things and I don't want to but I had a confrontation with someone and I'm the least confrontational person you will ever meet and yeah. again I told you I hate that I hate yeah. it um, and it was a confrontation with a man and I felt very like unsafe and at the same time threatened and I was so angry there was nothing i could do and i felt helpless yeah and it was in and i had been doing kids class you know for a couple months prior to that and it was in that like digesting of that incident that i was like fuck it and i text greg and i was like can i come to adult class and i'm gonna bring logan who was probably 11 then and i was like can i just come and bring him and so then i just started coming Mm. And then okay. I never looked back. I just stayed with the guys and did class. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. And now do you look forward to class now?
2: And so f- for a couple months, it still felt like I was in that n- beginner stage. I got hurt a lot. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, in the first six months, just dumb stuff. The same stuff everybody always gets. Mm-hmm. Yep. Busted thumb, you know, jam toe. Yep. Injuries that hurt, but yep. like I could still train. I might, the worst was just sitting out for the one class and then I would just come back. Yeah. Um. So I got hurt a lot. That was a little frustrating. And then after that, I started. There was just like a, a moment where I was like, "I'm doing this." Yeah.
4: Okay. Well, once you start, once you start feeling like you're actually doing something and you know what's going on, it starts getting a little bit more fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. and I think two injuries you, deep, I was like, "There's no way I'm turning back now." Yeah. And again, I think that that incident actually. Yeah. It now that mattered. that was
4: outside of, jujitsu well,
2: kind and of. That, and sp- yeah. so
4: you've been
0: here since 2019.
2: I've been here since 2019, okay. so I've been do you, doing. Do you
0: consider yourself part of the tribe? Because I do. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. For sure. I wanted to make sure.
2: Did it sound like I didn't?
0: I don't know because you're sounding sort of hesitant. No about training, but that no—that no, like was you're the beginning. Okay.
2: that was the beginning, and that's what I mean. Like that, I really wanted to share that because I think some people think that oh, I'm going to either like it or I don't, and I don't think that that's the case. It took me at least six months to really be like, oh, I can. I'm going to stick with this. And it took a a couple of, like, dealing with my own bullshit mental things to get to that place. And so my recommendation for people if they're going to try jiu-jitsu, particularly women, is commit to a minimum of three months. Not three classes, three months. I think six
0: because three months is where you're going to realize. For me, it was at 90 days. I was like, you know what? I, I can't beat anybody in this room. So what the fuck am I doing? Just relax. Understand that there's a long learning curve to be had. And it's gonna suck for a while, but once you once I one the the critical point was relax because then you don't go home with all these weird sore muscles and you just you tap out you reset yeah, yeah. and let, then you let beat. the ego go exactly you tap out and you reset you go fuck that didn't work and it's just it just becomes this cycle of just try something different
4: was and how how long did it take for you guys to come in and realize where like truly assess like this is what this is what it is. This is what I can actually physically do in against a uh, somebody like in a physical altercation. Well, You learn that in your first round. Is it's that like I you're, mean? It, you're, but you're is basically that that ineffective. That well that oh yeah instant. And you're
0: like oh I feel shit. like it's every day.
2: I still learn. Yeah, that. I was just gonna <laughs> say yeah. Yeah. most
0: most days I walk out of here being like why why am I wearing a blue belt? Well, sometimes I why? forget. Yeah,
2: I forget like for there's a moment that you forget because you're like oh I learned something. Yeah. And well. then you were you get reminded. Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, that f- th-
4: I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. No. That, that fear that you had about, like, you know, a little bit of uh, the physical world or, like, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
4: uh, was that, uh, just heightened right away? I mean, with, with, uh, walking no. in and then, like, all of a sudden grabbing a hold of somebody and being like, oh shit. Like, it- or was it, like, I'm new, like, Cause that's, that's always what somebody says. It's my first day, you know, and they let you know. And then they come in and they're like, I've only been doing this a week. And they're like, I'm new. And then it's like, oh, I've been doing it for like six months. And like, I'm kind of just starting. And you see this like relaxation. Cause like at first when people first walk in there, it's my first day. And they're, it's like, I know it's your first day. Like you can tell. And then like, (laughs) then the next week and then the next month. And then they slowly over time that first the first day jitters kind of s- turn into like well you know i've been doing you're probably gonna beat me but you know and then slowly they just relax and then all of a sudden they don't none of that's people don't say that and they just walk in and they're yeah. killing it yeah yeah it's <laughs> it's weird
2: because you like i think you again depending on how you're starting i think that's the thing is like i had a fear sandwich i was afraid of my knee i was like afraid yeah. of this like unknown and then it, it wasn't i wasn't terrified i really did enjoy it. it wasn't like the The firearm thing, I was terrified. This was more like just dealing with my own shit. Coming to jujitsu, and but I think again, it's reps. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any secret to it other than reps.
0: Nailed it. And and Mike, you said uh, earlier, fear inoculation. Yeah. Fear, yeah. fear
1: inoculation, but reps. Reps is everything. Reps, that gives you reps you that brings, brings familiarity. familiarity. It gives you strength. It gives you flexibility.
3: It gives you knowledge. Yeah. It gives
1: you everything. But you can't
2: reps. know, like, oh, this is what it feels like when someone's weight can kill you. Until you feel it, and then you feel it multiple times. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay. Like, I really understand this in this setting. And what I l- enjoy a lot about jiu-jitsu as a woman, and I'm, I'm about 150 pounds, so I'm like medium-sized, you know, muscle girl, but small,
3: Kay. small frame. Yep.
2: So when I get to roll, I know my partners typically, and they know me, and that's great. And I, I'm not saying I cherry-pick, but I know who I'm comfortable we learning all do. from. We all do. <laughs>
0: it's it's, all it's do. smart. It's I, smart. Yeah. I, I've gone through enough energies, or injuries energies, now to know that, I, I was. in fact, I was telling Mike this earlier tonight. I said, man... Monday, it was a sea of white belts, and <laughs> none of the. I, I look for purple belt and above, <laughs> right. not because I'm looking for a tougher fight, because yeah. I know they won't you injure know, me. No, right, yeah, and well, so because because so. they know when like that's enough pressure, I can stop. Yeah, and you get with like a like a, I th- I've heard Greg say nothing more dangerous than an athletic white belt, because well, they're just yeah. they're
4: going for fucking. Well, broke. It's it's because but there's two there's two sides of that right there's the spazzy. Yeah. white belt that like they get you an arm bar and they're gonna break it yeah uh and they don't like you know it's just that's yeah. i'm going for it yeah. and then there's the people who come in and they're like so timid and they're yeah. so gentle yeah. and it's soft. like you need to i'm gonna hurt you because I, i'm not trying to e- yeah yeah but right. that they're but too soft they're too soft but they don't know how to actually like apply pressure well yeah. yeah and they don't they've never been rough this their is, whole lives. why you should let your kids
2: wrestle Yes. Well, the funny thing is, is that, so you can cherry pick your rounds, I guess, but you can't cherry pick rotations. Yeah. And so whenever yeah. we do rotations uh, yeah. is when. Yeah. I love I mean, rotations. kind I of. It you can't yeah. be like, hey, I look up at the ceiling. <laughs> <right there. laughs> it's not my turn. It's his turn.
1: in a shoe. No.
2: But that's usually when I get my reality checks. Yeah. Almost yeah. always. Like, it's not that I ever think, oh, I've got it now. I'm very aware. But those are the <laughs> moments where I still feel the the panic that I didn't want to show up
3: yeah will show
2: up in those moments because they're white belt dudes that are outweighing me by 60 or 70 pounds and they don't know how to control their hand strength or their body weight or their arm strength so then or their speed that's another thing they don't know how to control and so in those moments i'm reminded (laughs) that i (laughs) i'm reminded that i still have that spike yeah Right. And so no, then I get to bring yeah. it down. Like and those are the moments where I'm like, just sit here and be smothered for a second. Mm-hmm. When I before that,
1: I sorry. oh,
4: it's all good. You wanna go?
1: No,
2: what
4: th- just the, that that is the biggest um gain I think you can get from jujitsu is having that fear, being able to step away from it, find a place where you're okay, and then deal with it. Like, or, or, and then that can happen a split second, but like being able to control the fear now,
3: you yeah, know?
4: and having, having like, Oh, this is a bad sticky spot. And cause I get it all the time. And it's just like, Oh, and sometimes I get it when it's like, why? Like I shouldn't have this. And cause it like, there's times where I'll go and no, you I don't feel it. it. And then all of a sudden there's times where it's like, son of a bitch, like where did this come from and that anxiety mm-hmm. is just like oh no like this is not this is not good this you sh- and then it's no Relax. i disagree mike Zedong
1: disagrees oh no <laughs> i think fear should be part of it cuz it's like i started mma and i had a very good understanding of wrestling and grappling and stuff like that like I wasn't a spazzy white belt, but I never s- did striking and stuff like that. And I was alongside with newbies, white belts, pros, everything. I saw the whole gambit. And going to that gym and starting MMA, it, was, it wasn't it was scary, but it was stressful because I saw the consequences and what was happening. And it just instilled like I would get off work and get ready to go to the gym and I would – it wasn't anxiety, but I felt like, oh, boy, I got yeah, something big feel, about to happen.
0: little adrenaline surge.
1: And that's never worn off. And something that I appreciate about this gym is it's full of animals. And I would come here to, like, I knew I there when I get off work,
0: tough white belt I holes g- here.
1: get off of work, and I come home, and it's like, all right, getting ready to go to jiu-jitsu. Got to take a shower and everything. Well, it's going to be some heavy rounds, and you know what happens? My tummy hurts. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you know what? I have to take a dookie (laughs) because (laughs) that is an internal fear response of of your body preparing for war. When you have a big event, you get signals in your body. And when you know that something's so big that you're about to do grappling on a Friday night and you're going to get choked and murdered and you know you love it and can participate and you can fuck up a lot of people, but there might be someone there that's going to have your number and they're going to give you the Worst night you've had in the last year. Yeah. And it sets off a fear response, but you end up
4: going. Mm-hmm. That's and what I'm saying. Yeah. You get that and you learn to work through it. Yeah. You know, and that's that's huge. But you that know? fear is good though. Oh, I'm not if saying it's If you didn't bad. have
1: that fear, then where would that scaredness, where would that lack of preparation of being scared? That fear is something you have to embrace. You should constantly be fearful of guns. You should constantly be fearful on the street. That's a way you should look at life. And yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's not a bad sure. thing. Oh, no, it's not at recognizing. all.
4: recognizing. No, not at all. And it, it, that's what I came off like. That's not what I meant. No, 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 no. What, what my thought process is, is like when I'm rolling with somebody that I can beat and all of a sudden I get put in a funky spot and then it's like, okay, I put myself here. Let's try and work out. And then it's like, oh, I can't. Oh, like, oh, no. And then all of a sudden you get you m- manufacture that. And then it's like, oh shit! Like now I have to work. Calm down. Work your work yeah. through your stuff. Yeah. Like that is that is huge, and because you t- that transfers to life. That
1: right. transfers to life so easy. Being That's calm cool. when a boss yells at you, or you screw up at work, and you try and remain calm and figure out a way to deal with it.
0: You could panic. Oh, <laughs> well, we, yeah, Jordan, and I deal with it all the time in construction where schedules are tight, and then something doesn't work out, and it's like oh shit but you have to like okay slow down it's just life what is it's what is the happen. process here yeah, yep. we talked about uh a couple of weeks ago the you know having to pull cables back out and it sucked but it just had to happen and so you don't you don't cry about it um but what yep. i am going to say we're at the two hour mark <laughs> i'm and fearful I, of a podcast that uh, goes too long uh, well, no, no, no. <laughs> Work through I, I, it. What I'm saying is, <laughs> do you guys got to get going or can we take a pee break and come back it's getting late.
2: I can text my kids and see if they're doing all right.
0: All right. Let's call it a pee break for now. Okay. If we, gotta come if, ba- we don't come back, <laughs> we'll see you all next week.
2: Yeah.
4: And we're back. We're back. Touch a button. Yeah.
0: <coughs> Heard that from my wife. Sound check. Touch <laughs> a button. Never found it. Never found it? The button? Brother. It's I've, mythical. I've been married for Isn't 15 years. Isn't it a years. legend? I can tell you. I can tell you a few secrets. <laughs>
1: wasn't that the first Indiana Jones? Call him all. Call him all. Find the button. I don't know
4: what. Short stock? Short. Is that what he? Said? That wasn't. That wasn't the first Indiana Jones. Yeah, the first no. one was. Crusade. crusade. Yeah. Oh. The Penitent no, Man. No,
1: no. The Penitent
0: Man. Yeah. That's the last crusade. The first one was Raiders of the Lost. Or uh, yeah, Raiders of the Lost. Ark. Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark.
1: What did they do on the first one? It's the not. It's the his dad.
4: they're looking. Yeah, for yeah. The, I like no, no, the, the Penitent last Man. Sean Connery Sean Connery
1: Yeah the penitent man The penitent That's man That's the no. last one No
2: like you're, the right. Last you're right
0: That's the last crusade Is Sean Connery Yes Temple yeah. of
1: Doom is calling on. Oh that yes. was
2: scary This is
1: good pod yeah. I like arguing about Indiana Jones Keep going What's the first one then What are the the they doing Raiders, one is of, the Raiders, the Lost Raiders of the Lost Ark Raiders,
0: Raiders of the Lost Ark And they're going after The, the Ark of the Kudai The country. guy yeah, dude, pulls dude out the sword And he pulls out the
4: gun And shoots him
1: That's right
0: It has Miriam in it hot as a $2 pistol Fun fact
4: That scene He was supposed to have a big fight, fight with that guy yeah. and they were, they were out there and it was too hot so he was just like and pulled the trigger on this guy and <laughs> the they are just like oh, oh that's what best, we're going to do best yeah. fight scene ever the guy yeah. gets out does his thing and they were going to be they had this big fight plan and no that's kidding. how it
3: ended up right. yeah.
0: yeah, I like that funny
4: bad dates
0: yeah <laughs> oh yeah
1: yeah that's yeah. right that's a little right. monkey a little monkey yeah
0: uh, alright so we talked about guns and geese and yeah. then so my company, Training Northwest. One of our more successful programs has been our ladies-only foundational pistol course, and Christy was part of the first one. So you you came out there after going to Guns yeah. and Geese, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah, so you, you were
0: already coming out with a fair amount of training.
2: Yeah, I felt like I was excited to do your course because I wanted to practice and not, yeah. you know, so. I had done the guns and geese, which was pistol, out in New Orleans, and then I did the rifle version, the second one. Yep. And so then yours was shortly after that, okay. I think. And okay. and so I was excited to get to do that. There was a lot of women there that I knew were that was their first day, or they had, they maybe even had a concealed carry, and they just were super uncomfortable with the fact that they had that, and yeah. they just went in practice.
0: Yep. And the number of people who Actually, do carry a gun who don't have any sort of comfort or experience um are are you guys raising your hands well not not anymore no but (laughs) that's not anymore but
1: that's how i started right yeah i got a pistol and i thought hey i can still carry yeah what do what's anyone gonna do with me now yeah (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. oh god yeah Yeah. um so there was i think there was a a mixture of women uh, maybe I felt like I might have had the most experience that everybody there. probably did. That's good, though. I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not the, like, terrified beginner now. I can at least practice what I learned. Yeah. But I think there was a mixture of women who had maybe had the opportunity to do shooting once or twice before. Yeah. And you had a couple of brand newbies.
0: Yeah. Then that was, like, it was the first ladies class. So It was the first time we'd had brand new, brand new ladies out. And uh, the first time we'd had a few cry. And it was it was it was a little bit of a learning experience for Dave and I. But for oh, sure, I, thank God he and I are pretty chill, and that's yeah. kind of our. We, that's actually something I should say is we don't run these courses with like drill sergeant type uh, attitude or teaching style. Like either you
1: cater to the individual very well. Yeah, that's no, in
0: the group. Our yeah, and yeah. our teaching style is pretty calm and relaxed, and sort of um, I'd, I'd say like focused and fun. Um, yeah. And I think that goes over very well in the women's classes because I think they come out expecting like people to be barking at them and like
3: get that Yeah.
0: But really we just kinda talk. Yeah. This this is about my tone. I don't
1: Dude, you should have that General Patton outfit with that leather writing <laughs> <bra>. <laughs> and yeah, That'd big American amazing. flag yeah. backdrop yeah. and tell about the course oh, for the God day. Damn, that would be awesome. That'd be amazing. Um
0: but that's, ac- I actually mm-hmm. wanted to ask the question. Sure. Does, does that teaching style go over well in the female classes?
2: Yes. I think, I think, um, you know, there's most women don't want to be babied. Right. But at the same time, it's like a slowdown yeah. is what they're looking for. Okay. Yeah. In that kind of setting. Because it's the speed that's scary. It's like, you just told me what to do. I'm supposed to know how to do it, but I just, I don't know what to do. Yeah. yeah. And so if you're patient because you're like, okay, you cl- you're, you look like you're not ready yet. Do you need a second? Do you want to practice? Go through that one more time. Like that tone yeah. is exactly right. Yeah,
0: And I don't know if we nail that, but we certainly try for that.
1: No, but it's not only women. It's like, I don't care who you are. I've gone to gun ranges. Kenmore gun club. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just when someone's salty and yelling at you because you're not doing something up to their coder, it's like, listen, man, you're not helping me and you're not helping this process. What I need you to do is calmly relay information and help me, you know, navigate what's going on at the moment. Yeah. Is there a rule that's being violated? or my thumbs in the improper position? You know, like, yeah, I think that's anyone I, is you want clear. That's what coaching and
2: being. I think like anybody who is trying and being safe, yeah. like deserves that level of patience and like help. And then I think you're totally justified if somebody was being, an asshole, or not paying attention, or screwing around—I don't care if yeah. they're male, female, whatever. Yeah. Like you can be like, flagrant. "Get the fuck out of here!" Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. But if you know the tone of everybody, they are trying to learn and they're just nervous. Not everybody can adjust that, you know, level and bring it down to like it's okay. Yeah, like well, yeah. it's a
4: skill, and that's why the jujitsu thing—I I applaud it because when you learn to adjust those things, it's not easy, and that's why it's admirable—is because it's not easy. So that it, that's what puts you in those situations. Just like what you've done your whole life, it sounds like. You're doing all these things that put you in an uncomfortable uncomfortable situation and then you continue to push through it to get to the other side. I am so scared of snakes there is no way I'm ever going (laughs) to find myself as a snake handler. It's like
0: I'm going to address my fears. Six months from now Christy will have you holding a python. I know. I'll coach you there. He's going to be looking
4: like the Britney Spears
2: (laughs) music
3: video. (laughs) Your
1: sister will be killing alligators and I'm jumping on pythons off a fan
2: boat. I don't know. I don't know that you have to conquer all of your bullshit but if it's holding you back in your life and it's somehow limiting you and it's costing You something you better deal with it. That's
1: a good perspective. I like that. If it's something that's hindering you from getting to a point you want to be in, it should be addressed. Yeah, think of all those snakes, very You're missing out, like,
2: you might not need to deal with the snake problem, it's not really holding you back. (laughs) Not at all. You want to do
1: gardeners. I mean, I dance around my garden when there's gardener snakes, but other than that, I still manage.
2: Yeah,
4: (laughs) I'm so scared of snakes. A real Indiana Jones thing. Come on, short stack.
0: All right, guys. I think uh, that was a short return from the pee break, but I think it's a great spot to call it. Christy, what is the Fit Me Nutrition website?
2: So if you are interested in learning more about Fit Me, it's fitmecommunity.com. Okay. And then the other business that I talked about, where we're helping businesses, Uh, um, is coachingbizmanager.com, like B-I-Z manager
0: got it and we will put these in the show notes and i have a suspicion that christy campbell will be joining us again at some point in the future yeah i'm down anytime